He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams with you, and our special guest, Craig Humphreys, for our Masters preview. The Hump Man is with us on a Tuesday. Of course, we're the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check out everything that they have to offer. Of course, we're focused on the Masters right now, but next month, the Senior PGA Championship is at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Make sure you check out the KitchenAid PGA Championship uh, preview, Senior PGA preview from Golf Oklahoma. Make sure you get subscribed. You can listen to the podcast right there on the website, GolfOklahoma.org. Check it out. You can find us at The73RdHole.com and on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search 73rd Hole, and you will find Find us. Gentlemen, we are one day closer. Two more sleeps separate us and <laughs> Thursday morning at the Masters, and it cannot get here soon enough. It is just absolutely, undeniably the best week of the year. I, I think there's no doubt about it, guys. And, you know, one thing to mention is that, you know, us, Colby, you know, even before we joined Golf Oklahoma, we started up at the beginning of 2020 almost, and even though we got to cover the 2020 Masters, which was in the fall, this is our first spring Masters that we are able to get to cover for it the is. 73rd hole. The first real Masters. The first real Masters yeah. that's happened since COVID. Yeah. yeah. So we, we put in an asterisk by DJs? No, no, no asterisk, but it just... Does he get, <laughs> good question. Does he get an asterisk by the record-breaking score? Yes, for sure. 100%. I think so. What do you Craig? think, think Hunt Man? Okay, well, no. He, he's, there's not going to be an asterisk in, in the book, if that's your question. Not but in the I, book, just on the 73rd hole. In, <laughs> in the mind, I think in the mind of, of people who have followed the Masters for years and years, it is different. I mean, it, it played much easier in the fall, right? And, and so... Even though, and, and I hate it for Dustin Johnson because he shot 20 under and all everyone else that played that week had the chance to shoot 20 under and only he did it and he beat him by five shots. No one else even shot 16 under, so he played great golf. But do I look at it as the best golf that's ever been played at Augusta National? I still got to go with the 18 under, <laughs> you know, that, that uh, Tiger and, and, and Jordan Spieth and so forth, so... I don't know. And it's a shame for Dustin Johnson. Yeah. No, it, I, well, I think so, too. And I was just going to say, you know, I look at what everybody behind the winner did to determine where it ranks in Masters history. In 97, Tiger gets to 18. Well, of course, was playing fairly tough that week. Second place was six under. I mean, he won by 12 shots. When Jordan won at 18 under, there were probably four or five more guys double digits under par. And obviously, with DJ winning at 20 under, Camp Smith played all four rounds in the 60s. Answer was right there. A lot of guys were right there. So, it, it was Sung definitely Jay playing M easier. his first Masters. Sungjae yep. did. I forgot Sungjae was up there yep. on Sunday. Ties for second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that yep. was a good one. And, and people forget that Hovland wasn't in that Masters in November. Yeah. He didn't so, qualify. Because didn't qualify. because everything yeah. had been set for like it would have been in April and that field was set. And then all these other people. Yeah. But that's why like uh, Carlos Ortiz, this is his first Masters. He, Hovland, I'm not mistaken. He won before the Masters. He did. But in Puerto he Rico. Did. That's yeah, right. Exactly. But you don't, you, you don't get into the yeah, Masters. Yeah, exactly. Because, field yeah. exemption. Yep. yep. 
He, yeah. he got in because of his top 50 in the world ranking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah, so he's the 14th ranked player in the world coming in. A lot of guys to get to today in our preview. But, I mean, the defending champion, Dustin Johnson, comes in. And, obviously, he, I mean, he's the betting favorite. Uh, right behind him is Jordan Spieth. And it kind of feels like Spieth week. I, I don't know um, how heavy everybody's going to be riding the Spieth train this week whenever we get to our picks after the break here in a little bit. But uh, I don't know. Sam, we'll start with you. Is it Spieth week? Can he continue to carry this momentum that he obviously built last week in San Antonio? You know what? I really do. I think he's going to... You know, I've been tough on Jordan Spieth in the past, but everything that I've seen since Phoenix, he went from Phoenix uh, to... to uh, Pebble to Bay Hill, and he just continues to get better and better, and his short game and his putting um, is back to where it was uh, when he was playing some of his best golf, and his iron play is up there. He's still not great off the tee, but you don't have to be at Augusta National. Um, So, you know what? I I think that Spieth is my favorite this week, even over DJ, Rom, and DeChambeau. I think it's more than a trend right now. I mean, top 15 now, what is it? Six out of seven starts, four top fives. Only had the tie for 48th at the players. Um, but, yeah, like Sam said, ties for the 54-hole lead in Phoenix. Um, he, he led by two shots going in the final round at Pebble Beach. He, he was two behind going in the last day at Bay Hill. He reaches the weekend at, at the match play. So, to me, he's proven it time after time. Now, he hadn't proven it on Sunday until this weekend in San Antonio. But, but yeah, would I be surprised to see him win at a place where – what did he go? Second and, and, and first? Second is first three Masters? I mean... Yeah, it should, so should have won back-to-back Masters had he not made a yeah. eight or seven, whatever it was, on um, on hole number 12. He, he needed to hit a 150, and he hit a 145, <laughs> as, uh, as, as the great Woody would say. If you listen to the great Jim Woodward, yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, can we rank pin positions at Augusta? I mean, to me, the Sunday pin position on 12, I think it's the best pin position in all of golf. Well, and one thing about it being on Sunday... Yes, it is. I, I, I totally agree. You see more monumental collapses, whether it be in the Masters or the ANWA on number 12. It's amazing that that short of a hole can be that diabolical. But it's also the hardest, hardest pin location at Augusta National on Sunday as well. People don't realize that all, pretty much all the other pins are in bowls. They want to feed, make birdies. But that one pin on 12, that's diabolical back right. And, I mean, like we all see, the, the it's such a narrow green. And also, too, you're trying to hit normally to the middle part of the green. And, and we've mentioned this before. The green runs at almost like a 40 to 45-degree angle. So that pin being on the right side is actually technically more in the back than yeah. a lot of people think. So they say, okay, well, we need to carry the water and do all this. Well, all of a sudden, if you actually hit at the yardage you need to and you aim at the middle of the green, you're going to land over the green and potentially be in those back bunkers. So yep. the absolute precision you need on that hole is so crucial and – I mean, I definitely think it's the best pin position on that hole. Um, one thing I find fairly, fairly interesting, we were kind of talked about yesterday, didn't get into it too much. There's only been one hole-in-one on number 12 since 1959. That's only, insane. Only one. Who was a, it? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, it was uh, Curtis Strange back in like 88 hey, or okay. something like that. So, 88. I mean, yeah. Yes. But were you there? No, I, I wasn't. I don't think I was because I think he did it. I was thinking he did it on Thursday in 88. My first day was Friday in, uh-huh. in 1988. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it was the first round I ever watched, but... But um, I don't course, know where he lives. <clears throat> Fred Couples, <laughs> Fred Couples might have hit the most famous shot on twelve in '92 when it stayed on the bank, and 
Which is just impossible. I don't. I still don't know how it happened. That, that was just a couple of months after Bev and I got married, and, and we were there. And, of course, I was pulling for my man, Ray Floyd. She was pulling for her man, Freddie Couples. And so when that ball hit the bank, I'm kind of cheering for it to go on down <laughs> into the water. And I couldn't believe it. I hadn't seen it before or since where the ball stays on the so, bank. So but. you've been to Augusta how many times, Craig? 32. 32. So 32 times. So try to put into words... For anybody out there who's listening, and for, for, you know, Taylor and I haven't been there. Sam, I know you have. How difficult is it to stand on 12 tee box or near 12 tee box and figure out what exactly the wind is doing? Because everybody talks about the wind swirling there. And I think that, you, you know, not having been there, I don't think I can even fully appreciate how difficult it is to judge the wind on a shot that requires such precision. And it can change if you're in a foursome. You know, and, and Tiger talks about this. You know, you, you see golfers waiting for a gust, you know, and, and then they, they say that, that guys in the same – now, they're not a foursome when they're playing the Masters, but right. like when I, if I'm playing it on the Monday after the Masters, I was in a foursome, and, and, and it's different for different guys in the group. I don't know how you ever figure it out. So but, when you played it, did your caddy try to give you a wind direction? My, my caddy tried to tell me to hit less club than I was going to hit, and I hit one more because my caddy's not factoring in the miss hit. You know, but <laughs> so am, you you played it twice, right? I've played it three times. Three times. What was your what were your scores on okay. twelve? The first time I hit it in the front bunker, and this is no lie, I hit the best bunker shot I've ever hit in my life, and hit it out to about one foot. I mean, it was a tap in par. All right, first time I ever played it. Every pro in the in the tournament this week will take that. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no question. That was 1999. All right, second time and, is, and the pins are all the same the day after. Yeah, second time is 2007. 2007, I got lucky, and and that was the year. Remember that uh, Zach Johnson won. They'd had the cold weather. I'm 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 wanting to say it was still maybe a little cold the next day. It's a little nicer the next day, but anyway, I hit. A, I think it was a six hybrid, whatever, for me. And remember, it's basically the same tees that they're playing on that hole. There's two tee boxes side by side. Right. You're, you're playing it as, you know, Woody's caddy said, 155 is what you need. And, and the second time. Are we going to make five? I pushed it. I pushed it right. But I hit it pretty solid. And I pushed it right. Normally, if you push it right, well, you're, you're in the drink. I, I was whole high in the right fringe. Oh my gosh! All right. Do you? We have, we never see anyone there. Whole in the high in the no, right fringe. Ever, nobody ever ends up there on purpose. <laughs> and I and I didn't have the guts. I probably should have chipped it, but you know, I I didn't trust myself to hit the chip shot. And so naturally, I put it and I gun it by about six feet and missed the putt coming back, bogeyed the hole. But and then the last time I hit it far on the far left side of the green. Did you two putt? So, no, I didn't too. Put my, first, my first putt came up uh, about maybe seven or eight feet short, six yeah. to eight feet short. Well, what and I was missed it, that one. 60 so or 70 over. footer coming across? No, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah every okay. bit, of, you know, at least, you know, 50 to 60. And I'm assuming, like too, Craig, you know, because the pins will be the same. They're not going to mow the rough, but they're also not going to mow the green. So, how, how fast are the greens still compared oh, to still even, even them not mowing them after <laughs> a day? For a duffer like me, no, they're still very fast. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, when it's, it's the old deal when you're above the hole. You can be below the hole at Augusta National, even when they are fast. And, 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 and you, you'll have to, you know, hit, hit it solid if, if you got a putt that's straight up the hill or whatever. But 
if you're on the wrong side of the hole or the Augusta National, I, I don't care if they did mow the greens that morning. You got no chance. Yeah. Okay, right. so let's do the no, – do you have another question? Because I oh, want to do I, a quick draft. I yeah, just have I an idea. Gonna, I was going to make two points. One, I was going to ask you, have any times have you played it since they're on the same Sunday pins? Have you hit a shot into like 16 where the bowl is or 7 where the bowl is, and you're like, oh, please go in. And no. you, know, you get some of those memories. I'm not that like, good. The last time, the best shot I ever hit at Augusta, though, the last time, and 17 obviously is tough than it used to be uh but 17 i hit a great drive i was barely in the right rough but i had it i mean in the right first cut whatever had a good lie it was into the wind but i hit a five wood you know for me and i i don't know what that would have been i forget if it was like you know 175 into the wind or 180 something like that but anyway i hit a good five wood Clears the bunker. I'm sure it took a bounce forward. I'm like eight feet below the hole, and I did make that for a birdie. Oh, last time. nice, <laughs> nice, yeah, nice. That's that's very nice. Uh, 2017. You uh, know, before you start your draft, Colby, we were talking about Fred Couples earlier, and I was reading a story the other day. I found this fairly interesting. It was like, uh, it's on golfdigest.com now. It's nine um, famous myths, rumors, things that go around Augusta. And this one thing I was reading, because we're talking about Freddie Couples. Every apparently every champion donates one club of their bag to Augusta National. Um, the main example that they give is uh, Sarazen's four wood that he hit to make the double eagle. And it says here the only person to have not donated a club was Freddie Couples in '92. Well, it doesn't give a reason why Freddie's never said why, but apparently Freddie's the only person to have not donated a club after their win at Augusta. Huh? That's interesting. That's weird. I'd like somebody to ask Freddie about that one. I wonder day. where yeah. clubs Tiger gave. That's, it was a, that's a good question. Not, it wasn't not the putter. No, it wasn't <laughs> the putter. It's probably like a six iron or something. Yeah. Uh, that nobody really cares about. So let's do this. I was gonna say let's all list our favorite holes at Augusta, but we're all gonna list the same holes if we do that. So I've got a better idea. Let's do a four round snake draft and let's draft the holes at Augusta. So all there's right. four of us. That means two holes are gonna get left out. So that means there's going to be two holes that aren't picked. So, Craig, you're our guest. You're up first. You get the first pick. We'll go Craig, Sam, Taylor, me. And uh, and then we'll go snake draft, drafting the holes of Augusta. Favorite holes. Favorite, favorite holes. holes yes. We're not saying best holes nope. or anything. Just your own personal favorite holes. Wow, this is this is a tough one for me. And we gave you first pick. A lot of pressure. I've got two that are right. You know, in in, in the same part of the golf course. Um, I don't. I just love number sixteen. Number sixteen is my favorite pick. hole. It's a good pick. Sixteen off the board, yep. Sam. Uh, I'll go fifteen. Fifteen. I, I like can, fifteen. I, I, I cannot believe that either one of the picks I wanted is still there. And I was going to debate this on when we we're raking our course. Which one would I put first or second? I think I'm going with thirteen. I think thirteen is the best hole on the course. You're going to go with thirteen. Okay, better I'm, than fifteen. That would be my second favorite, right behind sixteen. I mean, you know. I am utterly shocked that number 12 is still here That's for what me. I was saying. I, yeah. I, was, I was debating between 13 and 12, but I thought a 500-and-something-yard hole is probably has a little bit more character than the 155-yard hole, even though it may be not. Yeah, and, and not that 12 or not that 13, 15, and 16 aren't great holes, but I yeah. think those are clearly the four best holes at Augusta, and now I think we kind of get into personal preference a little bit. And, guys, I'm going with uh, number 10 as my next pick. That's a good I pick. love number 10, that steep hill. It's like everybody who's been there says you could ski down the fairway at number 10. It's just so steep from the, top to bottom. The first time I was ever there, in the, that Friday of 88, mm-hmm. I ran to the number 10 tee. But I mean, you know, That's I didn't, the, didn't literally run because yeah. I can get in trouble. But <laughs> I got to the number 10 tee box because, you know, those are the holes that we see on TV. At that time, we hadn't even seen six, seven, eight, nine that much on TV. But, but there is no better walk in golf than walking down the hill at number 10. 
It's yeah. just beautiful. It's I mean, just, it's, it's yeah. an unbelievable yeah. golf hole. The approach shot is phenomenal. No, it's, it's unreal. The, the, the one tree over on the left at the bottom of the hill, the bunker on the right. It's just, it's a great hole. It, it's always in the shadows whenever everybody's putting. It's just a great hole. Craig, Taylor, what you got? Yeah, before my next pick, Craig, I want to ask you, ask you a question. Have you ever, in all your times being there, seen anyone hit out of the bunker that's like 80 yards short of number 10? I, I have. I, I've I never have seen a bunker. I've, I've never ne- seen a ball there. I've Have you, seen Sam? Nope. Has anyone ever seen I anyone hit that? I think that's only in play for the members. It's probably yeah. is. Yeah. I, because well, so you, know, you the can't members run will, it up. It's well, a bad drive, and then, yeah. Yeah, you uh, hit it out right in the trees, right. and then a member tries to lay up, and they and hit they're a bad running it up shot, the fairway, and, and yeah, they run in, in there. Yeah. Well, you know, fun fact. That, it looks beautiful, That though. green was lengthened, or further. It used to be. Wait, where those bunkers are. Yeah, that green, time. that yeah. bunker was in right yeah. in front of the green. Yeah, Many I, I was just ago. curious yeah. if anyone had had ever seen anyone hit out there. I had not. Um, you know what? I've already got one par five, guys, but I'm going to take another one. I'm going with number eight. I really like number okay. eight. I think number eight's a great hole. I think that the only criticism I have of it right now is the fact of you can hit, if you're one of the long bombers, you can take it over the right side of the bunker now, which makes it – makes it probably, a you know, we talk about dialing back or whatever. I feel like that that's one of those holes. If they push that bunker back maybe another 20 yards, I think it could make it even better. Or even maybe move the tee box a little over to the right to, to make it different. But that's really one of the only few things I'd change there. And I, I love number eight. I think it's a great hole. And also I think it's such a great momentum shift in the tournament because a lot of guys can make eagle in that hole yep. um, if they get a good bounce. Or, or John Rom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make, a, did he d- the, make bogey or double on Well, him? he topped it into the left trees and hit the tree and it, went in the bushes. That's right. Yeah, he topped Golf hard. And then, yeah. and then you <laughs> and then the year before he shanked it on yeah. that hole. So yeah. uh, you're up next, Sam. No, Dad. Oh no, 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 no you're, you're up. Sam. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm up. I'm up. I'm yeah. up. Uh, oh, I'm debating between six and eleven, but I got to go eleven. I 11. mean, it's a amen That's corner. I can't believe it lasted that. It's long. a good hole. I, I considered eleven, but I just love number ten. So 11's off the board. All of and, amen corners. And off one the board. thing about eleven that people don't realize is that tee shot used to be way more wide open, and now it's probably maybe the toughest driving hole on the whole course. It is, yeah. And uh, and unless you find the secret fairway like Tiger way over right every time, but uh, oh, but Tiger that, does find that gap every time. <laughs> but uh, no, that if you hit a good tee shot there the hole's not over either like you got to hit a great shot into the green there right center of the green um and i mean that water does come into play well and if, and if you bail out short right like a lot of guys do to take the water out of play then the chip shot runs away from yeah. you so fast toward the water that everybody ends up with an eight ten footer coming back up the hill for par. and sometimes yeah. if you land short you can catch the slope and it runs right in the water even though you landed 20 yards right of the green yeah. so i mean yeah i, th- I think 11's a great hole I got two picks. Two picks. Yeah. Snake, two picks. Snake graft. Okay. Well, one of them is number two. Number two. I love number, number two. two. I thought two. about yeah. number two instead of number eight. All, All the par fives are off the board. <clears throat> because number two, uh, early in the day, and Sam knows this, we, that's where we used to hang out by the number two green. We had our buddies at, uh, from North Carolina that run the scoreboard at number 11, so that's where they would hang out early in the day at number two. And, and because you're going to see, you know, people constantly uh, putting for birdies and see some eagles, especially on Sunday where the, the hole location is on, on the right side and the eagle hole location. And it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's a great par five, but it's also a par five where you can, you know, they have the famous Delta ticket counter on the left. If you hit your drive left at number two, they call it the Delta <laughs> ticket counter because that means you're – you know, you're making your reservations to head out of Augusta. That night. <laughs> How about uh, was it was it in 19 when Tiger ended up over there and he played just the most ridiculous rope hook layup you'll ever see from the pine straw? I think that's I, I right. Believe so yeah. I think yeah. so on Sunday. Yeah, he had to lay up if I'm not mistaken. So it, it's it's a fun hole to watch uh, early in the day, um, and then I, I, I tell you what. I, I got to go with number one. Ooh. No one has said number one, right? Yeah. Gr- no, no, that's a great number hole. one's a great okay. hole. Number one, one of the hardest starting holes in the world. 
it's yeah, it's, it's a lot tougher since they moved the tees back. That you know, back in the old days, the big hitters could just blow it over the bunker on the right side and have a wedge in, have an easy start. It, it's not that way anymore. And if you do take on that bunker now, there's a lot of risk. And and uh, what's the most common drive you see there is probably in the trees to the left-hand side, yep. or even in in the trees to the right-hand side. And then you can be dead either way. Plus, it has a tremendous false front on the green, and so you got to carry your second shot back into the green. Or if it backs off, well, now you got an almost impossible uh, chip to get up and in. Uh, but you don't want to go over the green because then you're really you're really dead <laughs> if you go over that green. And we've seen Tiger put it off the green in his first Masters. We've seen yeah. crazy things. I mean, it's it's surprising how many double bogeys you see on that first hole. Yeah. And, yeah. and it can really determine uh, determine your day from the start. So, number one. And we and, saw and, Ernie it, five putt. What, I was about I was, to say. Six putt. Wait, six putt. Yeah. I thought it was a seven putt. Or no, whatever. It was, it, was six, <laughs> it was a six putt. He made a nine. He was only yeah. a three, and he six yeah. putted for okay. a nine. And, yeah. and also, number one, too, y'all may not remember this, but Rory was in the final group one year. I think it was three or four years ago. And he hit the – a 150-yard block off of the first tee, and I still will never forget it to this day. I mean, you, you look at swing and song playing, and he looked like he was about to hit his butt on his back yeah. swing. Did, or did on he his go downs. out of bounds? Because uh, about once a year, you'll see somebody go out of bounds on one. You know, the no, media center, I mean, you I mean, can speak to this, though. The media center used to be over there on the right. Used to be just to right at number one. Yep. Yeah. Where's yep. that now, media center? The <laughs> media center's uh, a lot. It's the media center now is in the middle of what used to be Berkman's Road. Used to be west of the property. Now that is part of the property, and all of a sudden, uh, one year. I mean, we left in 2016. It wasn't there in 2017. We come back and it looks like it's been there forever. <laughs> Unbelievable yep. with all the landscaping. You know, uh, Southern Mansion. Unbelievable meetings. And I got to say one more thing on number two. Final round, 2012, Louis Oosthuizen. Yep. The famous double, double eagle, eagle at, at uh, number two. And I was there that day, the day that Louis had the double eagle at number two. I was there sitting next to the nine green Ooh. when I heard the roar from number that's two. Cool. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a great moment in Masters history. I was not at the two green that no, day. That was one of the best uh, shots in Masters history. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm going to go with number six. Uh, maybe an underrated, beautiful hole out there. Uh, I, I love par threes where you're looking down yeah. on the hole. I don't necessarily like uphill par threes. I love how um, also when they have fans there, the fans can sit below the tee box and watch on that hill. The players will hit over the top of. Them, and the know, players can't even cool. see the fans because no. of the drop-off. And, and it's that's a really cool thing. And, I mean, it's a sneaky hard hole. I mean, the green is diabolical. The top right tier and then everything kind of feeds down if you don't uh, hit it exactly the right distance because they have, I don't know, maybe a – 10, 10 yard by 10 yard thing to hit in right there at that top tier, you know, and, and absolutely unbelievable hole. And you have the flowers behind and it sits right by 16 uh, and, and seven, 16 green and 17 tee box. So if you're like standing by six, you can see 16 green and 17. And it's just right there in the middle of the, in the middle of the course. I remember the famous story of Jack Nicholas uh, was on 16 and Arnie was on number six, walking down number six and Jack Nicholas was on 16 green and gave him a little hat tip. You know, that I mean, that's I just cool. think that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool so. from the legends. Yeah, I remember that was one thing that Ricky Fowler mentioned the first time he got there was that he, he 
could not believe how close six and sixteen were to each other, and, yeah. that, and that's stuff that you don't really think about unless you've been there. And you know, two uh, a couple things about number six. I want to point out, Sam, before I pick a hole that I cannot believe is still on the board. I'm worried it, you're going to pick one of mine. You know, so the area that you had mentioned where the fans stand now, yeah. that used to be like a creek slash pond area way back in the day. And then Clifford Roberts, who any, who anyone doesn't know, was basically the main founder builder of Augusta National with Bobby Jones. He kept hitting it in the creek on that hole, so he decided to have it filled in. <laughs> so, so um, that changed. And also, I want to make a point about number six. You talk about the precision you need on that hole. We Especially go, with the top right pin. Exactly. So, when we look at Tiger back in 2019 when he won, he put it on the correct tier every single round, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, wow. on that hole. So, yeah. I want to make that clear. And, but, it's, but, com- and it's coming off of four and four and five. Yes. So, it kind of sets the dip- tone for the rest of your round if you do make a couple bogeys there. Right. By the way, I was just going to say, uh, Clifford Roberts must not have been a scratch player if he was hitting in that creek that was just <laughs> off the bottom of the tee box. <laughs> he, he was the reason for a lot of changes at, at the club, for sure. I'll put it that way. Based off you his own shots. you have any thoughts on number six, Dad? Um... Well, I mean, it's just a beautiful hole from the tee box. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, uh, pin on the right shelf on Sunday normally at the Masters. and, and uh, but, I, I like when the pin's bottom mm-hmm. left and somebody hits it on that back right shelf and they have to putt down over the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah that, that's basically almost instant bogey, if, if not more. Um, next hole, guys, I can't believe how it's still there. Give me 18. Ah, yeah, that I mean, was my next pick. I, mean, I was worried. I mean, you guys can explain it better than I have because I haven't seen it. But I mean, it looks like you have about five yards to hit through on your tee shot off of there, and you have to hit a bit of a slight fade. <laughs> it, I mean, if you hit any type of draw, you'll do the Jordan Spieth, Matthew Fitzpatrick hit the left tree and drop straight down, um, or you can hit it right, like we've seen numerous players do. Um, I think that it's. I think the bunkers are at a perfect yardage for because you have to because even if you carry them, which no one can, but if you do, you're way left and what you're probably in nine fairway. Or or whatever, kind of where Tiger was in 97. Um, but, yeah, in the green complex is great on 18. But that's when the tees were up, and that's why he yeah. was there oh, in very 97. Good point. Very because good point. he could just blow it over those bunkers. Tiger did, Woozy in, in 91 or whatever. Uh, they, the big hitters could blow it over those bunkers. Now, like Tiger says, you know, you're hitting out of that chute, and he says, if, if the wind's out of the north, I'll hit a driver. He said, if it's calm, I'm going to hit a three-wood. But you, basically, you're going to use a, a, a club that puts you short uh, of the closest bunker on the left-hand side. But, but man, with the trees right, you can get blocked out by the trees. And like he said, the, the toughest hole location, if it's back left, you know, about a yard and a half beyond the crest, well, then, you know, there's a lot of room behind. But if you go over that green, well, then it's impossible, you know, yeah. coming back. And, so. and the last thing I'll say about 18 is uh, I don't think there's a bad pin location on the green. The, the Sunday pin is great. The Friday pin is yeah. great when it's over on that right side yeah. by the bunker. Right, you get a right, lot of balls right, funnel right. in. Yeah. You'll have is it? They usually do two rounds, don't they, Craig? Where they put it on the back shelf, or is it just one round? Where they well, do the it? one, the one, uh, you know, the uh, they do the one back right that you're talking about, and the, and the back left they'll use. Yeah, yeah. and I, I yeah. love the back pin there because it's it's uphill. It's a long shot, and it's one of those shots like you mentioned on a lot of holes, Craig. You don't want to be long of it because no. it, it's so scary, intimidating, and so, then it can fall off and, behind the green, and then yeah, it's be impossible and up and down. And it's created so many great finishes too, like we've seen in the Masters where guys. You know, whether it be Phil and he got the read from DeMarco or whatever, or the chip in with uh, Adam Scott and everything back in the day. What um, You know, I, I just think that, uh, that it creates so many great finishes because when we're talking about like the ANWA the other day, like how great of a finish was that? And and Kajitani, who won, didn't even hit a great shot. She still had to make a great two putt just because she hit from yeah, the right. back of the green. Yeah. Because that's a crazy downhill putt if you ever see shots come into the green and well, spin and back. What's, what's crazy to me about the Sunday pin placement on eighteen? 
you know, you're never going to step up and have a putt on that hole that's like a cup outside the right from eight feet. No. They, the breaks are so subtle, but we see so many guys miss putts inside 10 feet on 18 on Sunday. Those breaks are so subtle in there. So I really wanted 18. I'm bummed that Taylor took and it. I, I, Woody's probably screaming at his phone right now if he's listening. We he still haven't taken five, his pick five. Yeah, yeah, pick yeah. five. So he loves, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, dry, I got 18th in the third round. I feel like I just got Tom Brady in the sixth round. Like the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was really wanting 18. That would have been great value. So my next pick, I'm going to go with number three. Oh, I love a real I don't think Bryson would agree with you. No, After Bryson his shot last not. year. Yeah, whenever he lost <laughs> his When he ball. plugged his ball in the left rough. But yeah, it, uh, lost it. Yeah. yeah, it plugged, right, and they never right. found it. They yeah. never found it. Risk-reward yeah. par four. I love the risk-reward aspect. Some guys hit three wood. Some guys hit driver. Some guys hit seven iron yeah. off that tee box. And the green is so severely sloped. So it's risk-reward because if you go for it and you come up just short left, now you got to go 30 feet straight up to a green that's sloping. It's blind narrow. Yeah. Blind shot. It's narrow. I love that hole. Uh, so three is a great risk-reward par four. And then my, my next pick, which will be my last pick. This is the last round of the draft. I'm going with number nine. Number nine, that's a good hole. You've got to pipe it down to the bottom. The green at number nine is such – I mean, it is an unbelievable green. Watching the A&WA last week, they had that pin middle right, and I saw one of the girls just hit it Almost putted it 40 yards down the hill. Well, I was was talking about one of them, you know, got it up, and it's like, oh, it's so close to being good, and then it catches that false front, and it comes all the way back down. That might be the putt that – won Tiger Woods the tournament in 19. Was that, that was one of the, best, putt that's on, one of the most underrated on putts he's nine. hit in his career. He yeah. aimed 90 degrees right of where the pin was, and he hit about a 15-foot putt to go 60 feet, and he yeah. lagged it up to about six inches. Yeah, and, and we've seen people from 10 feet put it off the green from there before. Yeah. So that, absolutely, you know. So yeah. did you get both well, your picks, Colm? Yes, yeah, I got yeah, three did. and nine. So, so, so like my, VJ said, talking about number nine, he said how the lie in the fairway can be so difficult. You don't know that until. Yeah, you, you play it. I mean, the ball's below your feet. You're hitting up to a very elevated green, so the lie will get your attention because you almost have to draw the the, the ball in there on the approach. But it's always a fade lie. And we saw one of the great shots in November from Cam Smith out of those right trees. He oh. hit a big hook oh, to like Lord, two yeah. two inches, skirted but, the bunker. Skirted, yeah. yeah, but and what no. I'm saying is that nine tee shot is one that really. Um, benefits hit a longer hitter because you can get it all the way down to the bottom of that hill if you have massive length like uh, like DJ or DeShambo. Yeah, you get it down there on where it's a little bit flatter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah. so what we leave out four and five, or I haven't guessed. Kobe's got oh, his got final more. roster. We each have one more pick left. Oh, yep. so, so, okay. There's five holes yep. left available. Taylor, Sam, then Craig. So which five are available? Five is four and five. Four and five. Seventeen. Fourteen. Fourteen. And there's one more that we haven't picked. Seven. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay. Seven's still available. So, I'm, Taylor, you're up. I'm going with my man Woody. I'm going with number five. Number five is a number great, five. great hard hole. I think that it requires precision off the tee box. And not only that, you, it requires a lot more precision on the approach shot than I think people want to give it. Um, you guys have been there and probably attest to it more than I can. But that green looks so undulating in a lot of different areas. There's so many different tiers. Especially, I see so many people hit it in that front spot and that front false front gets it. And you're having to putt from down there up to 40 feet. I'm going to say, guys. 
I got I got eighteen and number five with my last two picks. I mean, did I just run away with this or what? I mean, I mean seriously. <laughs> We're gonna put it to a vote on Twitter, so we'll let the we'll let the Twitter verse decide. Did, Sam, who we, you, did we got? say we guessed seventeen yet? Seventeen is seventeen. So yeah, I, I'm guessing seventeen. I mean, the famous hole uh, coming down the stretch at Augusta it used to have the Eisenhower tree, which unfortunately maybe uh, died. Yeah, and yeah, but what I'm that's what I was about to get to is it it created one of the most famous putts of all time with Jack Nicholas. Maybe yes, sir. Yeah. How, how far was the Eisenhower tree off of the tee box? Was it about uh, two, a couple hundred yards, maybe something like that? About two, about two twenty, two fifty, something somewhere yeah. around there. I, I would say maybe a couple. Uh, yeah, maybe a little past two. And Dad, did yeah. it die or did, was there an ice storm? Do you remember how it got knocked down? I think it was ice. Yeah, ice or lightning. I know it was weather or, related. Or Tiger yeah. gave a call to the club and said, "Hey, I want I this thing down storm. after after it hurt his knee and." Really, you know, when he hit that shot under the Eisenhower tree. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I forgot I mean, about was, I know. forgot about that story he hurt. And, you know, if there was one place that Tiger wouldn't have much pull, I do think it would be Augusta. They kind of do whatever <laughs> the hell they want yep. whenever they want. So, Craig, this you're put on the spot, my friend, because there's three holes left, and you have to leave out two of them. All right. And so we got four, five, four. right? Oh, no, no, I picked five. five. We have four, four seven, seven, and 14. Four, seven, and 14. Four, seven, and 14. Okay. Well... 14 is the only hole without a bunker at, at Augusta National. Uh, the the green with the big humps and so forth. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting hole. I love to see the second shots where they're fed in there and, and guys um, come close to eagles or have tap-in birdies there. One of the great uh, shots ever by Tiger, by the way, and people will remember it for what happened after that shot on the in the left trees. Remember, the security guard almost tripped Tiger mm-hmm. uh, in the left trees on 14. But remember <laughs> yeah. when he hit that amazing shot through, through the, the window trees? that didn't yeah. exist? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, exactly. and he was trying to run up and stop the fans from getting yeah. And he literally fell on and top Phil, of Tiger. And basically. Phil made birdie. <laughs> On fourteen to secure, like to help him secure the victory too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, no, I got to go with four. four I mean, four three. is the par three is one of the toughest par threes, and I I used to love to just sit behind that tee and 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 it, back in the day it was some some guys were in fairway wood, some guys one iron or or whatever. But it's such a long hole, especially if it plays into the wind. Um, but again. You know, you, you can make a really high – I mean, you can make a double bogey in a heartbeat. Phil, yeah. you know, remember when Phil blew it left into the – and it ricochets off the – Oh, yeah. The uh, grandstand there or whatever and into the bushes. and uh, But it's just such a long, hard hole, and those bunkers in front guard it so much. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's a I, sneaky hard hole to two-putt if you're outside of about 30 feet. That's right. And this week on Masters.com, you'll be able to hear our guy Scott Verplank commenting on he, He's on four, four five, and six. Yeah, like he was in the fall. Um, yeah, I'll be checking so, that out for sure. So three, I mean, the, the four and five, like you talked about with Woody, I mean, those, those holes are just because at Augusta National, you feel like you need to be two under after three holes. And like Woody said, try to survive four and five and then go make a score. It's not that the other holes are, are easy, but you can make a birdie at six. You can, in the old days, I mean, seven was definitely a birdie hole, not as much anymore. Eight, par five, definitely a birdie hole. And, yeah. and you know, so, but but number four is, um, I, I think, maybe the, the toughest hole in the front nine. Yeah. What about seven? What, let's talk about seven. Well, That's seven, the only hole we didn't talk seven about. Seven is so different yeah. because it used to be a, a 360-yard par four or whatever, and, and now they've they've backed the tee up where, what is it, 450? Or, well, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's a completely it, different it, hole than it used a, to be. It's more of a driver seven iron, and it used to be three-wood wedge. 
Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's what it used to be. And the, the only negative on that is the green was really set up to for, for a short iron, you know, or... I will say, yes, but at the same time, it's so severely sloped back to front that if you put too much spin on a wedge, I mean, that thing can... You can spin it off the green or into the bunker. Yeah, right. Um, but to me, it's it's a more interesting hole now just from because of the, it's such a, a far more demanding driving hole than it used to be. Seven and 17 yeah. are, are just so hard to just put the ball in the fairway. And seven, if you don't put it in the fairway, it's hard to attack that green because it's so elevated and protected by the bunkers that it's hard to just, you know, uh, play one under the trees. Well, and what what yeah, you and normally yeah. see is if somebody blocks it into the trees or hooks it into the left trees, yeah. they intentionally punch it up into that into front the bunker, bunker and yeah. think that they can get up and down from yeah. the bunker. Right? And usually yeah. they can because yeah, it's only they're shot they incredible have. at that yeah. point. I mean, yes. you can't, what are you going to do, finesse it up a, a one-foot window between those bunkers? I mean, it's either that or pitch it out to 90 yards where you can hit a full wedge in. Yeah. yeah I'm not, but I, no, I mean, I, nobody, You're going to get up and down from the green side, especially like yes. Sam said, when it's so much back to front, it gives you a lot of versatility. Right. I mean, I remember back watching the 97, 2001, even 2002 highlights, Tiger's up there in front of those bunkers hitting the second shot yeah. each time. I mean, it's just a little 50-yard shot. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. So, watch, watch those scores. It, they'll be way easier on Sunday on 7-2 because that whole location, everything feeds toward that whole location uh, down in the front, like, middle area of that green. You know, everything, you can throw it past that pin and everything will come back mm-hmm. right toward Tiger, like Tiger did in 19. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Tiger holed out in 2010 from that spot too, right. as well for an eagle. So. Tiger, yeah, Tiger made four Eagles that week yeah. in and, 2010. And didn't win. And didn't win. Thank yeah. you, Martin Laird. Thank you, Flagstick. Um, well, Augusta National uh, yeah. can look so much easier on TV than it really is because of the the, the side hills, uh, lies that you're going to have, side hill, downhill, ball below your feet, way above your feet, you know, like on, I don't know, 10, 13, you know, 18. I mean, we can go, you know, the blind shots that you have on, on – on holes like number 18 to, to a back pin, you can't even see where the ball, you know, ends up and so forth. That's what makes Augusta National tough. Absolutely it does. Augusta National is just the absolute best of the best. You know, it, it feels almost criminal to leave some holes off this list, but it's the best of the best. There's just nothing that goes wrong here. Uh, and when you're dealing with the best, that's what you get. You know what else you get whenever you deal with the best? You get Diffie Ford Lincoln. The Diffie Ford Lincoln team is pleased to announce that they have won the prestigious President's Award for 2020. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because it is based on sales and service. And that is what they pride themselves on, service after the sale. The Ford and Lincoln brand only gives this award out to the top dealers in the nation and the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So whether you're looking for the all new 2021 F-150 or the all new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try, a place where you can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you will never feel any pressure to buy. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 20 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahoma for 67 years. So that is our draft. We'll put these up on Twitter. Uh, probably throw up a poll, let everybody vote, see what everybody likes the best. Craig wound up with number 16, number two, number one, and number four. Sam had 15, 11, 6, and 17. Taylor had 13, 8, 18, and 5. And I had 12, 10, 3, and 9. 12, 10, 3, and 9. Boy, that's just a loaded Dude, mine's right so there. much more fire than yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so why don't we do this? Before we go to break, Let's talk about, because I feel like there are a couple of guys pretty high up in the world rankings, pretty high up in the betting odds that for whatever reason are really kind of going under the radar this week. And I think one guy, you know, he hasn't been on peak form over the last month, played really good golf out in California. 
How's everybody feeling about Xander Schauffele as we come in this week? Because that's a name that I feel like I'm not getting thrown out as much as it has been in years past. Well, you know, Xander, he didn't have the greatest uh, greatest players championship. You know, he started off with a 76. Uh, and then, uh, but, you know, it's weird that we haven't been talking about him because he hasn't played terrible golf, but he just hasn't been up there in contention in some of these tournaments. I mean, if you look back to the Farmers Insurance Open, he played awesome golf and it's fallen off a little bit but even at the genesis he had four rounds uh positive strokes gained and then his last round at the uh dell technologies match play you know he he was positive two shots on the field um even though it's match play they calculated a little different um he didn't make it out of his group but he still played solid golf so it's not like he's fallen off or anything he just hasn't been up there in contention to where we're talking about him every week it seemed like i was picking him in every major uh in recent years but i will not be picking him this week not because he hadn't won in more than two years that's one reason um, but the other, the other reason is just current form. He had to stretch where he had six top tens and eight starts and then zero in his last four starts, including missing the cut at the players. He had, had made 23 cuts in a row before the players, and he misses the cut at, at the players. What gives me a little pause is he was in that tie for second last time they pr- uh, played in the spring in 2019 when Tiger won. Yeah. Uh, Shoffley was in that group uh, tied for second. So he's got the ability, but and, and, and I know he's got to break through at some point, but, but guys, seven top tens in majors, and, and he's still you know looking for that first one. So uh, I, I just can't pick him this week just based on the current form. Last three were uh, tie for 39th, a missed cut, tie for 18th in match play. To me, that's, I don't know, shaky a little bit. A little shaky. It is, and especially going back, I mean, he had finished back-to-back seconds at the Farmers and the Waste Management, and then really since they went to Florida, he finished 39th at the Workday, which is a WGC event, so that was less than, he finished bottom 50% there, didn't make it through the match play, missed the cut at the players. So I just think that, I'm not necessarily, don't think he'll have a a horrible week just because he does draw the ball and drawers, right-handed drawers of the ball can get it around a like um, the Hunt Man mentioned, finished second with that tie with Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. I think there's someone else up there who's tied as well. Finished 17th here in the fall. Um, but I just think that for the value that you can get, um, whether it be for betting or from on your DraftKings, I just feel like there's better value out there than Xander Schauffele this week, even though I think that he may have – I think he finishes in the top 25, but I don't think he's inside the top 10. See, I, I actually, for whatever reason, call it a hunch. I don't know. I, I think Xander has an outdoor chance at the top 10. He just – he plays so well here. The track record is so good. And one thing I like – you know, Augusta has a lot of hanging lies. You get the ball 18 inches above your feet, below your feet, all that stuff. Xander has always played those very well. What's the other course on tour that Xander every year plays well? It's Kapalua. I mean, Xander clearly is comfortable hitting off of these uneven lies and yeah. these undulating fairways. So I like him at Augusta. How about another guy who's in his group this week who I think is flying very under the radar. He's been struggling with his swing so much, in fact, that he switched swing coaches how about Rory McIlroy, who's in the group with Xander Schauffele and John Rahm? Craig, get us started. What do you think about Rory's chances this week? Well, I mean, he tied for fifth in November, you know, last time they were there. So it's, it's you know, he, Rory hasn't won here. This is the one that he needs for the Grand Slam. What, this will be his seventh attempt at the Grand Slam. When last we saw him play, he hit the shot into some guy's swimming pool. I know it bounced off the cart path. Uh, but it ended up at the bottom of a swimming pool. But, but I tell no you No swimming this. pools in the middle of the fairway. But, but here's the deal. 
six top tens in his last seven Masters. That that tells me that he, he knows how to play this golf course. I I know that he's bad. I you know he said himself I was trying to hit it, you know, up there with Bryson. I I, I was trying to hit it further, which sounds crazy when he's the best driver of the golf ball in the world. And, and, he's, and he's reaching for, you know, five or ten extra yards. What are you doing, Rory? You know, get your wedges dialed in, and you'll yep. be winning like Dustin Johnson. No, right? I agree. Um, you know, with Rory, a couple, a few weeks ago, I was saying, oh, this is good news. Rory isn't necessarily on his best game, and he's still finishing around, you know, 12th to 20th place in some of these tournaments. But then I go back and look, and he shot a 76 in round two at Genesis, and then shot a 79 and a 75 at the players, and then goes to the match play and hits it in some guy's swimming pool in the first round. And so, but what I'm saying is, it, it looks like he's searching, first of all, and second of all, I think he's feels that pressure of trying to complete the Grand Slam. The pressure of the Masters is is enough, but he's adding on that pressure of finishing out the Grand Slam as well. Uh, I don't like Rory this week. I think he might even miss the cut. That's a bold claim there, just considering, what is there, 92 or 93? 88. 88, 88. 88 players in the field. I was just looking at the tee times. Michael Thompson and Hudson Swafford go out first on Thursday in a twosome, and then Vijay Singh and Martin Laird go out first in a twosome on Friday because the total number of players in the field is not divisible by three, so those guys get to fly around Augusta. Sam, I'll give you three-to-one odds, and I'll, I'll bet you he makes a cut. No, I'm not taking okay. that. <laughs> Smart man, Sam. Smart man. So you have 88 players. And if my dad ever offers a bet, you don't take it. <laughs> so, it's, it's the most surefire thing ever. Some, some people have learned that the hard way. Exactly. It can easily happen. He could, shoot, he could do what happened when I picked him at the Players' Championship, shot 10 over par. So, I mean, that could happen. But at hey. the end of the day, you got – go ahead, Craig. No, go ahead. No. Oh, I was just going to say top uh, top fifty in ties make the cut. So you got you know you got your Sandy Lyles, you got your amateurs that are playing. So I mean, if you're a pro and you miss the cut, you have to play really really bad. I, which I mean, Roy may do because if he's searching, if he doesn't have his tee ball working the way that he wants to, he misses a couple of fairways. We dang sure know he's not going to punch it out to the fairway and get up and down with the wedge. So, go ahead, Colby, so, and then I got another thing to say about Roy. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just going to say I don't love Roy this week. He's not on my short list of guys to win the tournament this week, but it's just so hard to pick him to finish outside the top 15 or 20 at Augusta. Even when he's searching, he just finds a way to make birdies. He eats up the par fives at Augusta. So I, I would pencil Rory somewhere in the 10 to 20 range. Yeah, but this the week course is going to play firmer and faster, it which is. brings other guys in. I mean, remember, in November, it, it was playing really soft. Right. But. In November, he shot 75 in the first round. Yeah. And he comes back 66, 67, 69, has the backdoor tie for fifth. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's, it's hard to count him out uh, on this golf course. I mean, hey, Here's the other thing about Rory. We act like he's fallen totally off the radar. You guys follow this a lot closer than I do. You know all the numbers. He's third in strokes gained off the tee this year. He's sixth in birdie average. He's even 19th in strokes gained tee to green. You know, he, he had a tie for sixth at a World Golf Championship at concession, the workday, tie for 10th at Arnold Palmer, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's not like the guy's fallen totally, totally off his game. Yeah, you, you say that, and he actually, and putting too, he's having one of his better putting years he's ever had. But around the green and approach, he's having his two worst years of his career. Okay. So, you got to be able to, you got to gain strokes approaching the green at Augusta. I'll say this about Rory. Uh, you know, two main points is that one, 
Earlier in the year, I had said I was going to pick him in the one and done here. I decided to roll him out the players, but he shot uh, plus 10. So more than likely, he's going to finish really high at this tournament because anytime I almost pick someone and want to save them and decide to pick them, they do really well. And so also for anyone's one and done, I want to throw out since 2014, Rory has not made less than six figures at this tournament, and only one time was at less than 230K. Wow. So I think for wow. your one and done pulls, if you feel like he's a horse for course, go ahead and run him out. But I mean, it is, I think it's a risky proposition just given the. The, the form that we've seen. But who knows, maybe Pete Cowan will do a little uh, little like what Butch Harmon did with Spieth and get the ball rolling. So, yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. All right, fellas, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break, come back on the other side, continue this mega Masters preview, the 73rd hole of the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got DraftKings lineups. We've got one-and-done picks. We've got best-bets. We've got sleepers. We've got it all on the other side. Make sure you don't miss one second of it. Stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma with our Mega Masters preview. It is Masters Week. It's Tuesday of Masters Week. We are getting close, ever closer. Of course, we're the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to golfoklahoma.org. Check out all of the best golf coverage in the state of Oklahoma. Of course, the best coverage of the Masters in the state of Oklahoma comes from Craig Craig Humphreys, who's been down there 32 times. Now, obviously, COVID set in last year. It was very unexpected. So you weren't there last year. You won't be there this year. Probably the first time you haven't been at Augusta National in... I probably the three of our lifetimes since 1987. Since, since you yeah. were on the payphone, so give us give us a good master story phones. or two from back in the day. Well, see, that, now I used to do my reports. Um, I I did reports for five years after I got into radio. You know, I, I went for the first time in in 1988, and I went with some friends uh, that had badges for Friday and Saturday, and then uh, you know got another badge for for Sunday. So I ended up going three days in 1988, but. Uh, and then the, the second year, uh, a buddy of mine that worked with uh, Devin Energy, his boss comes in the week of the Masters and said, and he played college golf at LSU, and boss comes in and says, Steve, I got, got two trophy room badges here. I can't use them if you can find a way to use them. And he called me, and I said, you know, I'll, I'll get the flight and the hotel. <laughs> of course, we stayed at like a day's end down Washington Road, but uh, whatever. Uh, that was 89, and so I was hooked. 
And so I thought, I've got to go. And so my strategy at that time was to go to the par threes. And uh, I thought, I, at that time, you could buy a badge at a ticket booth right outside. I think oh it was gosh. like $5 on Monday, 10 on Tuesday, 15 on Wednesday oh or whatever. <laughs> now, that was about the last year for that in the early 1990 or 91. But I thought, I'll go to the par threes, try to meet people and, and uh, see if I can find my way in. So... I have not always lived in the lap of luxury and had, you know, a press pass and, and lived the high life at Augusta National. I've held the back of my pizza box up out on Washington Road saying, golf fan from Oklahoma, please, need one badge, you know, <laughs> and, and begging people to get in and getting in. I mean, I've been in as a golf course superintendent, as a caddy, as, I mean, uh, you know, uh, guys that clean the restroom. I don't know. I've had all sorts of different badges. But, but after I got into radio, okay, so I, I'd gone – the first five years, you know, just as a fan. So 1992, I started in radio. So the spring of 93 was my, my first year. I wasn't a member of the medium. You know, I, I'd go, you know, beg for a media pass every year. And basically they would say, uh, you know, they, they were nice to me, but basically would say you're, you're not quite big enough, uh, don't have a big enough reach uh, for us. But, but they, they were nice, and they would let me use – eventually, they let me use the pay phones – I mean, the, the phones on the outside of the press building so I wouldn't have to hold up a line of people, you know, on, on the pay phones. But one time, I was at the phones just to write a number eight tee box. Bob Berry Jr., the late, great Bob Berry Jr., I was doing a report with BBJ. So this is in the five years where I was begging for a press pass – but I didn't have a press pass, so <laughs> I was paying my way down there, doing my reports on the, on the pay phones, and you could go across from the media center and print off the leaderboard, and I'd go and get <laughs> And this was back, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't on TV till very late in the day, and we didn't have the internet and all that at that time. But See, anyway. So you were calling in, you were giving people information that they couldn't they, access they, anywhere. That's right. No, that's right. That I was really, you know, uh, breaking news. But anyway, I'm on the pay phones uh, just to the right of the number eight tee box, and that year, I, the badge I was wearing, I had bought from a local caddy. I, I had a local caddy's badge on. And I, I guess he had, he had uh, been caught selling his badge, and so they were looking for his other badge. Caddy gets one and then a patron's badge, whatever. And he got caught selling his, and so they were on the lookout for, for a badge that had his name on it, you know. And this cart rolls up, and two gentlemen in, in a coat and tie and, and – they were very patient and waited till I finished my report with Bob Berry Jr. And then they said, sir, could you step over here, ask how I got the badge. I was honest. I told them how I got it and where and so forth. And they <laughs> said, you can jump in the cart with us. And, and, uh, and I was, uh, you know, ceremoniously uh, kicked out of Augusta National. <laughs> what day of the week was that? <clears throat> it, was, it was either a Thursday or Friday. I, I want to say that it was Thursday. I think it was the very first day of the tournament that, that year. Did you go home or did you keep grinding? No, listen. Nope. Nope. I, <laughs> and our buddy saw me being uh, pointed out to my wife, there's your husband. He's being taken out in the golf cart, you know. <laughs> and at that time, they were camping over at the fire station across from Augusta National on Washington Road. And they said, you know, a, a buddy of ours was supposed to pick up a pass by noon, and I think he had gotten in trouble with his wife. He was out late the night before or whatever, and they <laughs> said, we don't think he's going to be here today. If that, if that badge is still there afternoon, tell him to go by the fire station. If the badge is still there, he can have it. And so they're betting with people around there. I bet this guy's back in within the hour, you know, and – and I went, the badge was at the fire station. I was back in within the hour. And then Dr. Gil Morgan <laughs> was in, in the tournament that year, oh. pro that we know from 
from Oklahoma. And so I was telling the story to Gil's wife later that day. She said, why didn't you tell us we got a bunch of badges at the house? And I, you know, so I went and bought a badge. I insisted on paying for it, but I, I went and bought a badge from, from Dr. Gill that night for the rest of the tournament. So that was that was just one year. But I got, phenomenal. I got a bunch of stories like that from the early years. That is phenomenal. I've had, just... I've had my press pass since since 1998. Started going in 88, press pass since 1998. Hopefully telling this story on the air won't get me kicked. But that was before the days that I had a press pass. Right, so yes. the first year you had a press pass – I mean, how cool was that? Did you feel like, okay, oh, I've made it? I, I I just felt like I was in heaven. I mean, I'm in the old media center, and they had these stairs. They have, you know, two steps and then a, and then a landing, two steps and a landing, and all these windows on the side. And I'm just, the first day I'm carrying, I didn't even have a spot. I didn't have a place to sit, like a booth, you know. I had to go back to the pay phones to hook up my equipment at the, you know, to do my reports. So I had I had all my equipment on my back. I'm going down the stairs, Colby, and no kidding, I'm in such awe of being in the Augusta National Media Center that I missed a stair, fell down, oh. totally blew out oh my, my. my quadricep muscle. But like, tore but it, pulled it? It, it, it tore it. And, and, oh, no. And I worked the rest of the week. <laughs> There's no uh, stopping you. I, I, played, I played with pain uh, the rest of the week. Now, that, that's a true story from my first Masters in and, 1998. And then finish it off. Finish off the story, and Augusta National was actually the one that recommended you, you know. Yeah, the, I would send in my reports, and, and you, you were you know supposed to send in, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of airtime proving that you've done your reports, you know, which I was doing. And so I would send them like a highlight tape of, of you know, a few minutes with BBJ and then a few minutes with Mark Rogers and Jim Traber and Al Eschbach or whatever. I mean, and, and from different days during the week. And I didn't even know if they listened to him or not. And all of a sudden, three years later, I get a call from Larry Michael with Westwood One Sports. And he goes, uh, Augusta National has recommended you. That was, you know, that was when the Internet had come along. Now they were starting at noon where CBS Radio used to start at like four in the afternoon Eastern time. So they had more hours, needed more people. And Augusta National has recommended you to come work with us at Westwood One. And in 2001, especially the first couple of days of the tournament, I'm up in the 18th Tower. I'm, I'm pinching myself. Oh, calling, my gosh. You know, calling Arnie and Jack and Gary coming up the 18th <laughs> Fairway. That is awesome. That Seriously. Is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, before we get on to our picks, one thing that I want to ask you about is, you know, one of the biggest storylines that probably won't get mentioned a whole lot is that Tiger's not playing this event, you know, just because of his injury and everything like that. And, you know, you, you said you've been there since 89 um, or whenever. So you, 88. 88, yeah. 88. So you've been there since – you've basically seen all five of Tiger's green jacket wins. Is there one that sticks out to you more than, than the others, the more recent one, the first one in 97, the most underrated accomplishment in sports, in my opinion, the 2001 Grand Slam? Do any of those stick out to you more and for a reason why? Yeah, I mean, it's 2019. Yeah. I mean, ha yeah. hands down. I mean, it's just – you know, because of everything that, that he had come back from and overcome and, and uh, you know, for him to come back and, and win at age, what, 43? And, and uh, no, it's, I mean, to me, that's the greatest. The, the historic signi uh, significance of, of 97, it, you know, when, when I was there in 97, I don't think I fully appreciate I mean, to me, it was just, you know, I want to see drama at Augusta National on the last day. And that was no drama that day as he, as he wins by 12 shots. And so... Um, you know, as you look back on it, that day had a lot more meaning maybe than any other Masters ever played. 
But my favorite one, obviously, is 19. He's but. being humble. You can mention the bet with Traber. I mean, that had to feel good. <laughs> no, it, no it, it felt good to win the bet with Traber, but it, but it, but it felt good for Tiger. You know, and, yeah. and, and plus, yep. it was building. Sam, you were there at the PGA at Bell Reeve. When, yep. I mean, it was all building. He had the great finishes in, in, the, in the Open Championship and the PGA when he, when he pushed Kepka and, and obviously Francesco at the, the Open Championship, and then he wins the Tour Championship. Yep. and. You know, and, and it, it was building toward what finally happened Greatest in the spring of 19. Ever. Greatest um, Masters ever? Well, it's the greatest there. Masters ever is still 86. I, th- I think. Oh, no, no, I mean, I, I do think the, because of the names that were – and I know Tiger beat some of the great young guns in, in, in 2019, but 86 was just special. Yeah. Yeah, 86 was different. Well, look, it, it definitely was. Look, Jack through his nine-hole stretch was nine under through nine with a bogey or something like that from like hole nine to hole 17. That sounds like something Jack would yeah, do. Because yeah, yeah. he, he made one or two eagles in there, and he, his only he bogey, bogey was 12. 12 bogey yeah. 12, yeah. Bogey 12, that pesky 12th hole, it'll get you. Uh, all right, so why don't we do this? Why don't we rifle through our DraftKings lineups, and then Craig will give your commentary, good, bad, and ugly, <laughs> as we go through the uh, DK lineups here. Right. After or during? Uh, during, 100% right, yeah. during, yes. Um, who finished first amongst the three of us last week? I know I was I way towards the bottom. I think I did. Yeah, I think Sam yeah, finished I had, first. I had like eight missed cuts, well, and we only picked six players. Okay, so we'll go Sam, I me, Taylor. I picked Speed to win last week, and I still had to pay off the pizza bet that I had because <laughs> I picked Feet now to win before and Speed. And by the way, round of applause, Sam paid off his pizza bet today. Two yeah, pizza bets, actually, me yeah. and Taylor. Yeah, paid it off quick, by the way. Yeah. You know, so that, that, that's saying something. Got to appreciate and that. So. And you guys were nice enough to let me enjoy lunch. <laughs> Absolutely. On, on your we, winnings. We, we, make, we make sure yeah. Sam could watch everyone just enjoy it and, and succulate, just suck it in. Well, we figured, Craig, that you're such a good better, you probably would have been on our sides of those bets. <laughs> so. uh, all right, Sam, get us kicked off. Start with your cheapest option this week. We'll go cheapest to most expensive. You're giving out Masters DraftKings lineups. All right. My cheapest option is Matt Kuchar at 6800 I'm going middle middle of the pack this week. I don't have anyone big. I don't have anyone too small. Uh, but Matt Kuchar, he's been playing good golf um, the last couple of times he's teed it up at the match play. and um, Third at, at the match play? Third yeah. at the match play. And then he had, uh, the obviously, last week he played well um, as well. Um, you know, I, I just like Matt Kuchar. He's a seasoned guy. This might be one of his uh, times to finally break through um, and win a major. And so I, I like Matt Kuchar at 6,800. I just see some value there way down the list. Tyler? Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm up oh, next. Oh, is it me? Yeah, I was about is to say, I think it's you. If, 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 if you somehow didn't beat me last week, then you should be really ashamed okay, of Okay, we'll, then we'll go with me, too. Uh, and I'll keep this very Tito. simple. I'm going to go with Matt Kuchar at 6,800. That's my cheapest option. I love Matt Kuchar, and you'll figure out why later in the show. Um, so, my, so is he your cheapest option at 6,800? I, I said later, so okay. we'll be. I okay. mean, I guess right up now we'll be later, but but no, <laughs> I, I'm so. going with someone just a little bit higher, more expensive. Colby, you and me were both on him in the fall masters, and he's been playing particularly well in stroke play. I'm gonna ride at 6,900. Give me Corey Connors. Oh, we were both on him in the fall. He, uh, gosh, that putter scares me, but he he can strike it, man. I mean, excluding and when you look at just stroke play events, going back, he had a 14th last week, um, seventh at the Players, third at Arnold Palmer, missed the cut at the Genesis, but then also finished 17th at um, at the Waste Management. So been on some really good form in stroke play and finished, uh, I believe, 10th here last year. Tied so, for 10th. Tied for 10th. In November. Yeah, yeah. So I will. Uh, I'll go ahead and ride with that. Then my second cheapest option, gentlemen, is someone who. Definitely knows how to get his way around Augusta National. Hasn't had the best form. Had played pretty good his last tournament. Finished 13th at the Honda. Give me Adam Scott 
at seventy six at seventy six hundred. I just think that I mean I'm just going back reading off the recent finishes. Does not have a missed cut here since two thousand nine. And I know we talked about how the uh, cut could be easy to make, but just reading it off, he won back here in 2013. Um, even when he misses the cut, or whenever he makes the cut, just reading back, 34th, 18th, 32nd, 9th, um, had a 42nd in there, but then that, you know, a 14th and 8th, a 2nd back in 2011. I think he finished 2nd with Jason Day as well that year. Um, so, a guy who knows how to get around this course, and um, I definitely think that he will have at least a halfway decent week His this week. His 20th Masters this week. Wow. That's crazy to think yeah. about. 20 Masters five for top Adam Scott. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is crazy to think about, but then whenever you think about we were kids watching Adam Scott. Yeah. I mean, we were kids watching Adam Scott play at Augusta National. So, uh, my second cheapest option, guy who plays the course pretty well. We just need the putter to heat up. It's the goat farmer from South Africa. Give me Louie. Louie like Ustazen. Leave the goats at home and come play Augusta National. So, uh, obviously, the double eagle in 2012. I wouldn't mind another one this week. I wonder how many DraftKings points. Lost that playoff to Bubba. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many yeah. DraftKings draft points you get for a double eagle. It better, uh, it better be a lot. It better be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, uh, all right. Two so picks. I'm going to go with 7700 Paul Casey. Uh, Paul Casey at 7700. I don't know what DraftKings is thinking. He hasn't had a round uh, more than 0.6 negative strokes gained, and that's his only round negative on since the 2021 American Express. He's been unreal. He, he has been on. Fire he was good in Europe too. He went over to Europe and won and had yep. another couple top 15s. Yeah, in he won and at the Omega Dubai. He shot a 64 in round three. That was positive 7.31 shots on the field. He's made the cut here four times. Paul Casey, I I mean, I'm putting him as my second lowest DraftKings. I think he might actually have a chance to win this week. And on Paul Casey, had an opening 65 share of the lead last, yeah. last fall in exactly. November. And the other thing I like about Casey, from 2015 to 18, here's what he did in the fourth round. 68, 67, 68, 65. Boy, I like that. If he could get in contention and close like that, well, then you got something. Yeah, yep. and, and all those years he finished 6th, 4th, 6th, and 15th, respectively, going from 2015 to 2018 back. So he okay. definitely knows how to get around this, this uh, yeah. venue for sure. And for my next pick, I'm going to go 8,200 Cam Smith. I mean, you look at his current form. He shot a 65 at the players in round three um, and has been playing awesome golf ever since the Masters in November. And if you go all the way back to 2018, you know, he, he made the cut. And in round four, he shot a 66, positive five and a half shots on the field uh, at 8,200 Cam Smith. I mean, I look at him as one of the favorites this week, uh, especially after after his 2018 Masters performance, he made the cut in 2019, didn't play great. but in tw- And then in November, uh, was up there and had a chance to win on Sunday. I mean, Cam Smith and his current form, everything points to him having a great week this week. The only player ever with four rounds, four rounds in, the in the 60s, 60s. Exactly. at Augusta National. He's already had two top fives at Augusta. Yeah, yeah, he clearly likes Augusta a lot. I think the only reason more people aren't on him, I think it's his third round at the concession has scared some people off. It's just, it kind of took him out of contention in that tournament, and then he took a couple weeks off. Obviously, he blew up But on if that you remember, he came back from that 77 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and shot a 67 the very next day at the concession. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying I like that pick. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. been playing great yeah, golf, yeah. really, aside from one round all yeah. year. Uh, my next Next pick, I'm going 100 more expensive than Louie. I'm going 7,600. Adam Scott. I, I bounced back and forth all week from Justin Rose to Adam Scott, from Justin Rose to Adam Scott. So if Rosie ends up 
best in him. I'm gonna I'm gonna be regretting this at the end of the week. Scott's the safer pick. You know, Rose is dealing with the back injury. I'm I'm still really worried about that. Obviously, uh, he didn't do our, our good buddy Sam here any favors whenever he withdrew several weeks back. So I'm gonna run out Adam Scott at 7600 is my third well, uh, cheapest. And Adam Scott, first Australian to win the Masters. Of course, won in L.A. earlier this or last year, 2020. 2020, yep. 2020 Pre- Genesis. But, but uh, yeah, for, for Justin Rose, you know, um, uh, J- Justin Rose has lost in the playoff to Sergio on 17 and tied for second behind Spieth in 15, tied with Phil for second place in 15. So Rose has been right there before, too. Yeah, yeah, without yeah. without the stuff with Rose's back, I think I would have went that direction. We just we haven't gotten any clarity on it, so I had to go yeah. with the safe option, which is out of Scott. Well, we just how many times do we talk about guys how this is just such a horse for course place? The more times you play around here, you can you can be sixty three year old Bernhard Langer and beat three hundred and eighty <laughs> yard hitting Bryson DeChambeau if you know where to place it. Um, you stole one of my picks, Sam. Like you said, I have no idea what in the world DraftKings is thinking because even before they set these prices, he was playing unreal golf. That's Paul Casey, seventy seven hundred. Yep. How in the world is he that cheap? And this is a guy who. It's he he fits both molds. He's playing good golf and he plays this course well. I don't. I truly have no idea what DraftKings was thinking with these prices. I but thought you, he was going to be eighty five. You know, whenever yeah. whenever you see value, you just have to sweep it up. And so, I mean, just to go off the finishes, didn't make it through on the match play, but we know how questionable that is. And Colby mentioned the good finishes he's had over in Europe. Even over here, he's finished fifth at the Players, tenth at Arnold Palmer, fifth at the uh, at Pebble Beach when he came actually the week off of either or his um, stretch over in Europe. So knows that he can come over here, can kind of go back and forth when he wants. And so I think that shows a lot of talent there and loves this course. I don't, I have no idea what DraftKings is thinking. And then my next one is just. Only 100 more. That's 7,800. This is a guy who, if he plays a course he doesn't like, he's going to miss the cut. But this gentleman Ooh, likes this course. I know who you're picking. Give me the lefty that can hit the big old uh-huh. slinging fades out there on the right to left toes. Give me Bubba Watson. As soon as you said he's going to miss the cut if he doesn't like the course, I was like, oh, he's picking Bubba. That's a risky pick. I mean, go, going back here, guys, I mean, he, he is hit or miss here. I mean, he's he has to the the – the two green jackets in 2012 and 2014 has a fifth here in 2018. Um, 2019 has a 12th place finish, which um, gets you 225K, so that's good. Um, and, you know, last year in the fall, he finished 57th. Also, his game wasn't that good. And he hasn't really been on the best form as of late, but I think getting through his group at that match play gives him a little bit of momentum. And so I think going into a place that he likes, I think Bubba has a fairly good week this week. Well, you got more guests than I would, T Dub, because I never have the guts to pick Bubba Watson. I don't either. <laughs> I can't do it. it, it there, there are like three. Court, there are three courses maybe in the world that I don't feel bad about picking uh, Bubba at, and this is one of them. He tied for fifth there three years ago, so yeah. who knows? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I might run him out in a couple weeks at Zurich if he's got a good partner. He likes New Orleans as he well. He likes uh, Travelers, too. Travelers, Travelers, TBC. Riviera. W- yeah, tri- Riviera, yeah. TBC, River Highlands, and Augusta. Those are about the three places where you can – to assume that Bubba's not going to cry while he's playing in the course. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Uh, for my next pick at 7,700, I'm going to go way off the map. Somebody nobody else would think of. Guys, I'm going to roster Paul Casey this week <laughs> at 7,700. I, I thought the same thing you guys thought. I couldn't believe he was 7,700. Before I even looked at the DraftKings prices, I looked at the betting odds, and I saw Paul Casey at 40 to 1. And I'm like, oh, Paul Casey, 40 to 1. Yeah. Give, me, give me some of that. And I jumped on it before that number went down. I... I love Paul Casey at 7,700. Uh, I think Paul Casey is a top five waiting to happen this week. Yep. Well, then I'm going to go with 9,000 Webb Simpson. And if Rom hadn't have had his baby, I would have picked Webb Simpson in my one and done. But I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to pick Rom. But it, as far as Webb Simpson goes, he, he has had 
some amazing rounds out at Augusta National. In 2019, the last time it was in the spring, uh, in round three, he was positive seven and a half shots on the field with a 64. He played great golf uh, for three rounds in the Masters in 2021. Uh, it, it, um, excuse, yeah, in 2021. Um, and so basically... Um, you know, I, I just love Webb Simpson's current form as well. And, and the work day, he had uh, 66 in round one. He's had he's only had two bad rounds all year in 2021. So I, I love uh, Webb Simpson. Yeah, so. you're talking about the tie for fifth in 2019, right? 2019, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, and he tied for, tied for 10th in November. In yeah. November. That, yeah. Yep. And to make your point, he said in his interview, I think I brought this up yesterday, where he has acknowledged that he – Every single time he plays that course, he learns something new about it. Learns where to not hit it, where to where to miss it. Like Woody had mentioned with us yesterday. So I think Webb is as a learner. And as you see, from twenty and did not play very well. Had out of from twenty thirteen to twenty seventeen, had three missed cuts. But since twenty eighteen, has a twentieth, a fifth, and a tenth. So he's starting to learn how to play this course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sam, another pick. Well, you know, I skipped one again, like I always do <laughs> on accident. I'm going to go back to Daniel Berger at 8,500. Daniel Berger is one of the hot. Okay, so he's at the price I thought Casey should have been. Yeah, at. one of the hot, one of the hottest players in the world uh, since 2020 at the American Express. He's only had three bad rounds analytically, in my opinion. And and since the uh, and since the Pebble Beach uh, when he won at Pebble Beach, uh, I, I I mean I. Don't see anything uh, that I don't like in Daniel Berger's game. I know he had a little injury problem, but even last week or last time we saw him play at the uh, at the match play, Daniel Berger was positive like five shots on the field in two of the rounds, and so I don't see any problem uh, in his game after that injury. And so I I love Daniel Berger this week. He's made the cut there uh, all three times he's played the Masters, and so Daniel Berger might be a guy that you could look out for uh, to as a, as a bet, best bet as well. Turns yeah. twenty eight on Wednesday. Tied oh, for 10th nice. there in, in, in 2016. This is the first time he's played there since 2018. That's what I was going right. to ask you, Sam. You know, what do you think about him not playing there the last two years? Do you think that has anything to do with it? You know, some of these other know. guys have played it and got a little bit closer feel. Yeah, but at the same time, if you look at his rounds from 2018, he wasn't even the same player back in 2018, and he still played well. Right. And so if you look at his rounds since the beginning of 2020, uh, he's just – one of the, like I said, one of the hottest players in the world. His game doesn't even compare to what it was in 2019 or 2018. Yeah. So I yeah. agree. I like that. For my next pick, I, I needed to find somebody in the mid-nines. That's where I needed to be. So, obviously, Spieth is staring at you right there at 9,400. So, I had, I had a decision to make. I've already taken Paul Casey, who a lot of people are going to have. I've already taken Adam Scott and Matt Kuchar. A lot of people, these are going to be popular picks. I need to differentiate myself from the field. So, I thought... Why don't I fade Spieth? Why don't I not roster Spieth? Everybody else is going to. I'll roster someone in a price range near Spieth, and I will hope that that guy beats Jordan. And if he does, I can gain ground on my pool. And that guy is the arguably best iron player in the world, certainly one of the top three. Colin Morikawa at 9600 He's 200 more expensive than Spieth, but I'm trying to go contrarian because I know everybody's going to be on Jordan. And at Augusta National, you have 
two gain strokes approaching the green. Over the last, I can't remember what the time frame was, five, ten years, the average winner at Augusta ranks sixth in the field in strokes gained approach. And that's what Colin Morikawa can do. So I'll take him at 9,600. Well, he and Tiger are the only two to win a major in a World Golf Championship before age 25. So he's in pretty good company right there. So, yeah, so, so Craig, you're telling me he's going to win by 12. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, I, hey, he's on, his best finish at Augusta is tied for 44th. His but, only his only finish at Augusta. Is, yeah, but when you're known as one of the best iron players or maybe the best iron player in the world, right? Well, one thing I like about Morikawa, I was listening to him talk yesterday, and he said that in the fall, he got suckered in to trying to play some big sweeping hooks on yeah. a couple of holes. And then he, he said he's really thought about it and he's revised his core strategy. He's like, you know, if there's a certain shot that I don't feel comfortable hitting, don't hit it. Yeah. Hit, hit my shot. And the thing I like about Morikawa, like even if he can't hook it around there and get it 40 yards closer, he might be 40 yards behind the guy he's playing with in his group. And he's going to hit it closer to the hole from 40 yards further back because that's what he does. So I like Morikawa's chances a lot this week. Jack and Tiger have done okay hitting fades around there. Yes. Yes, yeah. they have. Yeah, and that's that's the point I was going to make is that, you know, like DJ, he hits fades off the tee box every single time. He never draws it. And the – Everyone says it's a draw or golf course or a right-to-left shot. And so I, that's why I worry about Morikawa and Berger is just because they're both predominantly faders of the ball. And even though, like you say with Morikawa, there's shots where he may not feel comfortable so he doesn't hit the shot. Well, you know, out of guess you have to hit certain shots at some points. You know, you have to you have to be able to hit the draw every once in a while. And Tiger didn't in 19. Last time it was well, in the he, 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 he hit a lot of draws with his, with his irons. With he his can. irons, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, I mean – I mean, like I said, I mean, Jack was the predominantly biggest fader of all time and uh, or the best player to be a predominant fader, and so he's won six green jackets, so there's not wrong with it. But I'm going to go with the golden boy of golf, guys, and it sounds weird because he's the eighth most expensive on DraftKings, 38th-ranked player in the world, so you think, man, I'm not getting any value here, but I feel like there is. 9,400 Jordan Spieth. I mean, guy's just been on probably the best form you could imagine. Like, like we were talking earlier, he's – it's hitting his irons better than he has at almost any point in his career. And if he's starting to be able to get that driver at least on the planet to where he's not making instant doubles because just because his ball's in a horrible spot. And with how well he knows those greens, I I personally would be shocked if Speed's not in the top ten this week. See, and I'm actually I'm not fading speed because I think he's gonna have a bad week. I think he'll have a good week. I'm fading speed because I'm hoping he has a bad week and everybody else plays him. It's just, I feel like it's the only way to really differentiate myself, but, you know, it, it works reversely as well. If Morikawa finishes 44th again and speed finishes third, now I've lost ground to the entire pool. So it's yeah. it's definitely yeah. risky, but I, I like the speed pick. It definitely makes sense. And my most expensive guy, gentlemen, guy who won the Players' Championship last year, I can't I can't pick him in the one and done because they give $2.2 million for this one. I already used him for $2.7 oh, million. so sad. So, so sad I can't use him here. But that's Justin Thomas. I mean, let's just read off these finishes, guys. Going back to 2016, 39th, 22nd, 17th, 12th, and 4th. Getting better every single year. And here's here's one of the main reasons I'm going to pick JT. Tiger's not playing this year. Tiger knows how to play Augusta about better than anyone. If there's one person that Tiger's going to give advice when he's out, that's Justin Thomas. So that's I think he's point. I think he's going to get a couple more tidbits that he wouldn't have gotten originally. And I said I'd be shocked if, if Spieth was outside the top ten. I would be shocked if JT was outside of the top, I'd say, eight or so, seven or eight. I think he's going to have a phenomenal week. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be rostered all over the place, including by me. And this is why <laughs> I, I took very popular picks all throughout my lineup, and that's why I deviated from Spieth. I love Thomas at 10-6. He's my pick to win the tournament this week. He's the last three years at Augusta. He's first in stroke scan approach. He's first in greens and regulation. He's first in proximity to the hole. He lights it up. 
at Augusta with the irons. He just he is so so good off those hanging lies, carving shots in, do, doing things with his irons. So uh, I love I love JT this week, and I've got him at ten six. And I was actually a little surprised he was only ten six. One question though on JT: Why is he number one hundred and one in strokes gained off the tee? He's he, he's got he got the big he gets the uh, the big hook miss every once in a yeah. while. That's what we figured yeah. out because I thought the same thing where you know it's it seemed like his fairway hit was a little skewed because I was like oh well maybe he's just running off into it and so what I, the metric I look at distance from the center of the fairway and he ranks even worse in that stat so I'm like <laughs> okay well what's going on well he has the big snap hook miss which like we saw in 16 and 18 at the players if you ain't far enough right you can play it so right. <laughs> so you know just hit it way out there and then play it so I I love JT this week I think he's going to go good same you got. One left? Yeah, I got if, one left. If I did the math right, I know who Sam's last pick is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Jordan Speed mm-hmm. at 9,400. Uh, Jordan Speed, you know, he finally has that monkey off his back of winning the first time after a long time, 1,351 days. I think he's kind of that streaky type player where – if he, he got that win last week, he, he's already won a Masters, so he doesn't have the pressure that Rory has uh, to win a Masters or to do the Grand Slam, you know, uh, like Rory has this week. And so I think that speed at 27 years old, I mean, he, he's just coming into his form that he had a couple of years ago. He's having his second best uh, year approach to green. He's having his best putting last last couple weeks he's ha- he's putting better than he has in a long time in short putts and under pressure putts um and last and even last week on a tough driving course he had 10 of 14 fairways on sunday for a 66 with no double bogeys if he has no double bogeys this week jordan speeth will win the masters and since tpc scottsdale and pebble and bay hill Jordan Spieth is trending in the right direction, and uh, and I totally agree, T Dub. I'd be surprised, very surprised, if Jordan Spieth isn't in at least in contention on Sunday. I think the only reason that he falls outside the range that we do is if we saw what he did when he was with Danny Willett, or even um, the was it the year before, a year after that he also hit it in the water on twelve as well. So the year after, year after. Yep. So he doesn't have necessarily the best history on that hole. And so as we've seen, you can make a five or a yep. seven very easily. So I think that unless if as long as Pete doesn't have like you said, Sam, a blow up hole in there on the back nine, I, I think he's going to be right there with a chance to win. Craig, so, you have Sam. some great Spieth numbers you were throwing at me earlier. I don't know if you still have those handy or not about how bad he was in the fall with his irons. And then he's just become miraculous in, in the spring with his irons. It's, it's like it's not even the same guy. And the only, well, the only thing I think that can keep Spieth out of the top five or ten this week is if his just tank of emotional energy is running close to E after reaching the mountaintop again last week. But I don't know if you still well, have those, I, I saw this on the Golf Channel last night. A strokes gained approach, all right, from the 2020 Safeway Open through the Masters in the fall – Minus 9.3. That, that ranked number 314 out of 325. Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> but starting at this year's Farmers at Torrey Pines through the Valero Texas Open, he was plus 30.4, number one. Wow. So that, that shows, you know, people that say, hey, he's always been a good iron player. He's been in great iron shots during this slump. That's not entirely true. Of course, he was driving it, you know, off the map, and so he's hitting, you know, from uh, some pretty crazy places for a second shot. Sam, hey, I, I'm pulling for speed. For the first time in my life, I'm pulling for Jordan Speed. <laughs> yeah. But what did, what, did he t- what did Woody tell you guys? I mean, 
the Texas Open ain't the Masters, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. And, and, so. that, and to, you know, that, that's kind of the point that 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 I saw from it was that after, because normally I don't pick someone the week before they they win a tournament. I mean, they're, or if they win a tournament the next week, you're not going to pick them because you think they're on cloud nine. But from what I saw, Spieth after he won. You could tell that wasn't the end of his journey, right? He yeah. wasn't, like, crying emotional. He wasn't happy no. that he got the win. He was just – like, he played the whole day. Act like he had been there before, and yeah. he had done it. And so, I think – He didn't have to act like he'd been there before. He's yeah, been there before. Exactly. Well, and I'm, finally, it's, he's, like he said, the lightness he felt about him when he woke up on Sunday. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, you don't win for four years. You think you might lose a little bit of that feel. But he had it there, and I think he's still going to keep riding with it. So, so no one rostered – Rom or DeChambeau? No one or else Rory. Rom or Bryson. Uh, why don't we do this? Because, Craig, I know you've got to get out of here. I want to get just a couple of the guys you like this week, somebody maybe a little bit further down the board. You don't have to give okay. your official picks. I know you'll no, give those yeah, out I'll on your show. I'll give my official pick uh, just give me some, on give, Wednesday morning on give Sports Give us some people Animal. you like. Um, well, John Rom would have been my pick, you know, w- without the distraction of the baby. Now, I know the baby has, has already come last weekend, Kepa, right? Which I, I thought was a is funny that what name. The name is? I, I never saw I thought, the name. Is he naming it after Kepka or no? But it's, <laughs> it, it means something else. Anyway, um, yeah, Kepka is the baby's name. Born what just after midnight on you know Friday night, early Saturday morning. K E P A. Yeah. K Hill Rom. Kepa. 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 K Hill Rom. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hey, top ten and three out of uh, out of four masters. Um, uh, finished fourth here in in, in twenty eighteen. To me, if you're just going on on paper, to me it should be Rom or Justin Thomas. Like like Kobe said, I, I I really like. I mean, obviously winning the the uh, the Players Championship is 14th PGA Tour win. Uh, was fourth here in 2020. All of his finishes, he's continually improved at Augusta National up to fourth uh, in the fall. So those would be my top two. But I don't know. We can give a negative on every. Um, top player it seems like this year either because like dj's a little off form dechambeau's never had a top 20 at augusta national kepka's you know coming off injury rom is dealing with the baby i mean it, it just seems like uh for all of them spieth has been yeah he won the texas open but but still he didn't close the door you know two or three other times uh, so far this year um so I'm, I'm starting to feel like we might see someone from off the radar, I haven't decided who that is yet, but uh, I don't throw out guys like a, you know, like a, a Victor Hovland, a Matt Kuchar at age 42. I mean, he does have four top tens uh, at Augusta National. Uh, a Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler is, you know, um, he, he tied for 19th uh, back in the fall. But uh, here's a guy who can just get white hot when he gets that putter rolling and so forth. A, a competitor, a University of Texas background. So I don't know. I my sentimental favorite. I would love to see Lee Westwood win it oh, at age yeah, forty-seven. I, I would love to see that. And this is his twentieth Masters. He's had six top tens at Augusta National. And, you know, came close at Bay Hill. Came close at the Players. I don't know. I, I haven't settled on one, but there's so many. You know, you guys have touched on like Cam Smith, the only one with four rounds in the sixties. He played well. Uh, M. Uh, tied for second. Uh, you know, Shoffley tied for second behind Tiger. I mean, there's so many good young players that I think this might be a week that one of them breaks through to win the thing. I just don't know which one it is. Yeah, I like yeah. that. And by the way, guys, Keppa, uh, Keppa is a Spanish professional football player 
who plays as the goalkeeper for Premier League club Chelsea and the Spain national team. Of course, John Rahm is from Spain, and Kepa uh, Ariza Balaga from Spain is the goalkeeper. And, and so I'm wanna, assuming that's who the child is named after. I want to get thoughts from my dad on one more guy before you go. Tony Finau. That's one guy we haven't talked about. Where he be now? Well, I, I suggest not <laughs> backpedaling during the par three. Of course, there is no par three this year. Yeah, so, so that's one. That's one good thing for Tony Finau. Uh, I don't. You guys have have talked about him a lot. I can't figure it out why he hasn't won yet. I mean, he's been had what had the one tour win and, and been a runner up eight times. Uh, but why he hadn't won a major yet? Because he's been there a number of times. He tied for fifth here in 2019 uh, when Tiger won in the spring. Um, and in 2018, that was the year that he injured his ankle, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we didn't even know if he would play, and he had a top 10, tied for 10th. Yep. In, in 2018, there at Augusta, um, you know, has finished fifth in the U.S. Open. I mean, they, the guy's just too good a player not to break through at some time. Again, I'm going to be pulling for him, but he's got to prove he can do it under the gun, right? Yeah, right. So, well, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have the – it's kind of like uh, – you know, uh, either uh, DeChambeau or Bubba Watson. I don't have the guts to put him in my yeah, top three. I agree. I agree. Well, Dad, I appreciate you coming hey, on, telling, uh, telling some Masters stories hey, and everything. Tell everyone where you can get the uh, Masters uh, Masters. Uh, what reports? Reports and everything. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. think of the yeah. word reports for yeah. some reason. And, and, where they can, and where they can hear your picks tomorrow after. Well, eight forty-five, nine forty-five, eleven forty-five on the animal. Two forty-five with Trey. Six o'clock with Al Eshback. Uh, but you guys are doing a great job. Go to Golf, Oklahoma, folks. Uh, my my thanks to Kim McLeod. Uh, but he's smart enough to put you guys on the air. You're doing a wonderful, wonderful job. Always an honor to be here. Thank Craig, you, Hunt, you're, man. The man. you're the best. Absolutely. Right. We appreciate it. All right. Craig's got to go do a golf hit on the animals. So Craig is out of here. We'll be back to wrap up our Mega Masters preview. Stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We are back here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. Of course, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head on over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check out everything they have to offer, including a link to listen to our podcast right there on the front page. Just click play, and you will hear us whether you like it or not. All right, gentlemen. We know everybody likes Masters Week. Had a lot of fun with Craig Humphreys, the hump man. He'll be on the animal all week giving his updates and his reports uh, about what is taking place at the Masters. Fellas, we've got a few more things to do here, some housekeeping before we call it a day. And first up is one-and-done picks, which might not be the same as the guys that we're picking to win the tournament this week because for obvious reasons, Taylor's already picked Justin Thomas. We might have some guys we've already picked that we can't use this week. I know you've already used DJ, Sam. So one-and-done picks. Uh, who did we have last week? You had Charlie Hoffman, which was the highest finisher of the three. You had Matt Kuchar, which was second. I had Even though I picked Jordan Speed to win last week. Yep, very well played, I was, sir. I was very saving well him for played. this week. Now I've got all my Easter eggs in one basket. I think he has – how much does second place at the Masters get? Do they get 1.4? Well, they might. It's going to be close. I think it had to be solo second. 
I think I was looking at it earlier, and um, Cam Smith and Sung Jae both tied for second, and they were just a little over one million. Yep. Okay, yep, sounds about right. So Spieth will have to win the tournament this week for you at to get more Kuchar than you played, would have gotten at, at least Kuchar played decent. He did. He got you a 12th place finish, so that was good. Uh, so, Taylor, you get us started. First one-and-done pick this week, and, of course, you cannot pick Justin Thomas. Cause you Too got bad, it. so sad. I used him for 2.7 million instead of 2.7. A measly 2.7. I mean, yeah, so, so sorry about that, guys. I mean – First one done pick. I mean, it's it's got to be clear as day. I'm looking at our pool. We have a little bit over 100 people, 112 people, or something like that. 50 people in our pool have already used Spieth. That's 41. percent I would be shocked if the other 59 percent do not use Spieth, as since we have two picks this week. So I have to run out Spieth not only because I believe in him, and I'd be shocked if he's not in the top 10, but everyone and their dog is going to have him. And if he wins and I don't have him, I'm getting lapped. So, I'm going to not Spieth. That'll be my first pick. Yeah, okay. So, first pick, Jordan Spieth. Sam, you're up next. I will go Spieth as well. Jordan Spieth as well. Uh, (laughs) All right, yeah. So, I am not going Jordan Spieth because, Taylor, unlike you, I don't have the luxury of being in ninth place out of 115 people. I don't need to maintain ground. I need to hope to gain ground at major championships. Uh, And so, for my first pick this week, I really kind of bounced around and what I want to do. I've gone back and forth. Run out Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas yep. is my first pick this week. Uh, are we doing a snake draft? So I'm going to rip off the nice other one. one. All right. And I'm, I'm nervous about this one. I'm nervous. Small course history. It's not that great. He's only played here once, and it was in November. I'm running out the two best iron players in the world at Augusta National and hoping for the best. It's Justin Moore, Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa. Justin Morikawa Justin is, Morikawa, is yeah. the, uh, the baby that they would have. So <laughs> JT and Morikawa are my two picks this week, and I'm two. just going to hope they both knock down flag sticks. Two of the top four players in the world you're running out. Yeah. Talk about some big dogs. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the Masters, baby. It's the, best week. it's the best week of the year. I, I gamble much heavier Masters week than I do any other week of the year. I run out big dogs. I just make it a whole event. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm so ready for Thursday, and I will feel good knowing in going in knowing that I've got the two best iron players in the world. Very true. Who's your Who's your last one, Sam? And this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> Very. You know. See. Uh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna run out. Have you decided yet? You sound like you're you're waffling. Well, a bit. well here's the deal. So in my one and done, I'm gonna run out uh, John Rom, and the reason why and the reason why is because he has a 90.8 percent chance to make the cut analytically. 9.4% chance to win. First major has coming off the baby. He's going to be on a baby high. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with John Rahm, even though I haven't decided yet. I'll decide here in the next few minutes when we makes our pick, make our picks to win. Um, I'm still deciding between DJ, Rahm, DeChambeau, and Cantley. Okay, that's... Yeah. I- one of two things is going to happen with Rom. Either he had the baby and he's going to be feeling amazing because he doesn't have to worry about leaving during the middle of the Masters. He's going to play unbelievable and have a chance to win the tournament. Or he's just going to be super depressed all week because he's got a three-day-old baby at home that he's not with right yeah. now. I think one of those two things is going to happen, and he's either going to play great or he's going to play terrible. Uh, but, man, he's good yeah, at Augusta if, And if I wouldn't have picked DJ at Riviera, I would have picked yeah. DJ. By the way, John Rom. John Rom says he came out on the tour, best scoring average on the par fives at Augusta of anybody. He just demolishes the par fives. And then that's including his shank on eight and his top on eight as well. Yep. So, I mean, yep. he, so if he do all that, it's great. And, you know, if I wasn't saving Rom for the uh, U.S. Open, I'd probably pick him too. And, you know, there's a couple other guys that I like, guys, but I, I always say him. Like, I always say Paul Casey for the Travelers, even though it's a smaller tournament. He always plays well there. I think he's going to have a good week. But I'm going with, like I said, I would have – Two weeks ago, I, would have, I wouldn't have dreamt of picking him at the Masters. But what I've seen these last few weeks in the course history, I, it's kind of like you said earlier, Colby, I, do, I don't think he'll win, but 
it honestly wouldn't shock me because these guys who have been out on tour forever who deserve majors like Sergio somehow get them done, get them, get them at some point. And I'm going with Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar, you're going 6,800 on DraftKings for your one and done pick at Augusta. So let's listen to this finishes, guys. Besides of besides the 2020 fall finish at Augusta, he has gone. He has on since 2010 only has one finish worse than 28th here. That's pretty good. A guy who finished third at yeah. the match play and 12th at the Valero. And I know the one thing I was thinking is he's an older guy, played a lot of golf recently. But let's not forget, guys, he went to school at Georgia Tech, around yep. the area. Yep. So it's very comfortable there. I just – I think with what I've seen recently in Kuchar, I, I think I'm going with it just because, kind of like the Hunt man said before he left, all of these big names kind of have some sort of asterisk next to him on if they'll succeed, whether it be, um, like, for example, Morikawa, I think he fades it too much around there. Rom just had the baby. DJ won in November, so is he going to win the same tournament within a five-month stretch? It's tough to do. Um, a guy who we hadn't really talked about a whole lot who I think has a good week is Patrick Reed. I mean, even though he is a cheater, I think that he is – I think I he's going to get it around the place. I, I think he has a good week. See, the only reason that I don't think that is because I don't think I'll let myself even get there. I, I don't <laughs> think I'll let myself get to a universe in wherein Patrick Reed has two green jackets. I don't think that that is a world I want to live in. He has one. Well, I know, but I'm saying if he wins, he'll get two. If he wins again, I'm, I'm saying I see what you're saying. I've, I've intentionally avoided talking about Patrick Reed because I can't fathom the thought of him having two green jackets. <laughs> is that not the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? It makes me want to throw up. I mean, it's, but it's it terrible. But the course is going to be playing quicker this week, a lot quicker than November, and even quicker than we've seen it in the last few few years that's been at Augusta. So. Yeah, no and, doubt. You know, so. One guy that I, who is a top 10 player in the world, not many people are talking about, but I want to fade, and he's one of my favorite golfers in the game. That's Terrell Hatton. I don't think he's going to have a good week. So, Terrell Hatton, I don't know if you know this stat. Since September of 2019, he's played in 30 events worldwide. He's only missed the cut four times since September of 2019. The four times he's missed the cut, last year. Uh, PGA, U.S. Open, Masters, and this year's players. Those are the four missed cuts The all big events. All the big events. And so, here, his best finish in a, out of four appearances here, guys, 44th. 44th, 56th, and two missed cuts What, for what is the reasoning for that? Do you, <sighs> Some it, it, some, some courses frustrate him. Some courses fit your eyes. Some courses they don't. And you know, Hatton, if he gets if he gets frustrated, he sometimes he can't shrug it off. And as as we've seen with many of these players, if if you can't learn how to swallow your medicine on some holes, you're going to struggle. And I think that's what Hatton does. I think he gets a little too greedy. So I, I I he's someone who a top ten player in the world who we haven't hardly talked about. But I I would fade him extremely hard this week. Yeah, and we're talking about best bets. I I think my best bet this week is. Daniel Berger at thirty nine to one. Thirty nine to one. I, I I don't understand why he's down there below guys like a Finau or a Patrick Reed or a Hovland or Westwood. And I I think that Berger has been one of the hottest guys on tour lately. And he it's not like he's ever played bad at Augusta. He's made the cut all three times he's played there. So thirty nine to one. Daniel Berger. I like Cam Smith at thirty nine to one as well. Um, and then it, it surprises me that John Rahm is the heavy analytical favorite, and and he's only thirteen to one. Uh, he's behind DJ, uh, Bryson, Spieth, JT, um, and so I. I think that Rom, you might actually find some value at thirteen to one this week. Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised. I'm looking at my odds here, and Jordan Spieth actually moved from ten to one to twelve to one. So Jordan Spieth has has moved in the opposite direction of what I thought he might. I'm going for guys with fairly long odds uh, in terms of the way they're playing in their world ranking and stuff. Colin Morikawa was the fourth ranked player in the world. Colin Morikawa was about twelfth this week. Looking at it here in odds at thirty three to one. I mean, I know he fades it on what's historically a drawers golf course, but thirty three to one for the best iron player in the world, fourth-ranked player in the world. I, I just think that's way too good of odds to pass up. And then there are two guys at 40-1 to one that I think have way too long of odds. Webb Simpson 
It's 40 to 1 odds. He's the ninth ranked player in the world. He's played pretty well at Augusta, and we yeah. know he can absolutely flat out light it up with the putter from time to time. If he does, he'll be in contention. Paul Casey, we've talked about a ton this show, is playing great golf, just about as good as anybody in the world over the last three months. He's 40 to 1. Uh, and then I've got one more, and this is my, my super long shot at 90 to 1. Uh, he's 85 to 1 now, but I placed it yesterday at 90 to 1. Louis Oosthuizen, yep. who I saw yesterday, That's an extremely good odds. I, I saw yesterday Louis Oosthuizen is thirty-eight years old, and Louis Oosthuizen has to be the fifty-year-oldest thirty-eight-year-old that we've yeah. ever seen. He just—he feels like very much old man game. He could just go down to Augusta and get hot with the putter and contend. So those two, are my four best. Bets. Two more in that ninety-to-one range right now: Abraham Answer and Corey Connors. They yeah. both had good cor- current form and good form at Augusta. Ninety-five to one on what I'm looking at right here. I'm, I'm showing Connors uh, at hundred to one. hundred yeah. to one, and he what he do shoot a sixty-five in November. I know he's only played there in November, but what I'm saying is Corey Connors has been hotter than anybody in on the tour lately. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out on answer. He burned me last week. Yeah, well, you <laughs> talk about burn. Uli uh, Ushays and I picked the one done. Went zero and three in the match play. I so, hate that for you. Yeah, I know. Too so too bad. So sad. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I want to I want to touch on is that on every year. Um, you know, because Colby, we've talked about it. We haven't gotten in too much into it since Sam's joined the show. But um, annually, I get everything called the golf synopsis. It's rich, it's written by a guy named Rich Hunt, um, very, very much an analytic golf guy. And every year on GolfWorks.com, he writes an article titled, titled "The How Many Ever Players Who Can Win the Masters." And oh. what he does, and what he does is he has a little bit of a formula. So he eliminates all the first timers because first timers don't win. Yeah. Um, he eliminates the, for example, the VJs, the Fred Couples, the older yeah. champions. Um, the next one that he has on here is the Zach Johnson debate, which is he talks about how player how you have to have to hit it a certain amount of distance. So guys that are in this category that he eliminates are answer Brian Harmon, who I who I actually like, Kisner, Matt Kuchar, Kevin Na, Ian Poulter, Patrick Reed, who I mentioned earlier, Webb Simpson, who we all like, fits into the category of what Rich Rich Hunt thinks is doesn't hit it far enough. And then in the cat, next category that he eliminates players based off is how high they hit it. So yeah. these are players who he he feels like hits the ball too low, um, especially analytically over the course and that includes some guys like the burger pick that you have um matt jones who we matt down hold, matt down hold, matt down who who exactly <laughs> oh you want you want it again <laughs> matt down so and, and some other guys in this list patrick cantley christian bazayden who matthew fitzpatrick um, uh, Victor Perez, who played really good, Shaw Lee Westwood, who, who 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 Hunt Man really wants to see. Um, the next one is almost the same as first timers. It's which is kind of weird to think about because everyone talks about how first timers don't win, but also people who have never made the cut here don't win either. So, and this yeah. this list includes Jason Kokrak, Joaquin Neiman, Matt Wolf, Max Homan, Hudson Swafford. So these are all guys who have played the Masters before but haven't made the cut. The only two people to have won this event and not made the cut previously, Fuzzy Zeller, 79, and um, the, the first winner, obviously, Horton Smith, and then Gene Sarazen um, the year Hort- after Horton Smith stuff, like, that doesn't count to me as being one of the only first-timers. Everybody in the field was a first-timer. So yeah, I throw out Horton Smith. And then... The, uh, the last two that he has on here are the people who missed the cut the week before, which is at San Antonio, yep. because they traditionally don't do well. So that's Finau, Phil, and Danny Willett. So, yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about Phil. He loves this place, but yep. I don't think any of us are thinking about rostering Phil, the 50-year-old. Nope. Um, yep. and, and then the last category that he mentions is red zone play. So red zone is 175 to 225 yards. And so if you're not – 
Um, a lot of those so, shots are he says, and He says, 11 of the last 12 champions have hit at least 49 greens in regulation at the Masters. So that helps wow. your um, that helps your Justin Thomas and, and Colin Morikawa. Yeah, your yeah. iron play. And I, and I think we know the one who didn't do it was Patrick Reed, if I'm not mistaken. It had to have been Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed in 2018 did not hit the ball well at all. He chipped and putted his way to a green jacket that, by the way, he stole right off Ricky Fowler's shoulder. So and, I actually blame Patrick Reed for Ricky Fowler not being in the field this year. I have one more really good best bet that I just found. I was going to the bottom half of the best bets. Zach Johnson is at plus 21,000. So what's that, 210 to 1? 210 to 1, yeah. It's 210 to 1. Yeah. No, 2,000. Yeah, that's 210 to 1. Yeah. So for every dollar you lay, you get 210 back. You lay five bucks, you get over 1,000 if he wins. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. Is Zach Johnson going to be a three-time major champion? Two-time Green Jacket champion? Well, I didn't think he was going to be a one-time major champion, and then I didn't think he was going to be a two-time major champion. So, I mean, anything's possible, but no, I don't see Zach Johnson winning. But he's that, only missed one cut this year. This guy's yeah. play, he's playing good. I mean, I, I can see Jack, Zach Johnson being like a, a T11 kind of guy. I just don't think he has the foul, firepower in 2021 to win at a guy. He's going to play fast. Now that, they've lengthened it out so much since he won, though. In, in 07. It's so much longer now than it was yeah. in 07. And that year they played, the winning score was close to over par. I think he was either he was either even. Yeah, it, was, it was cold, it was wet, it was nasty. Yeah, yeah. horrible weather. Every, almost everyone was having to lay up on the par fives. And then, who, who would y'all think that the lowest, uh, or the worst odds are for a guy that's not just a former champion? Oh, I was going to say Larry Mice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Wisdom. Sandy Lyle. No, um, Tyler Strafeci? He's tied. Amateur? With, yeah. One yeah. Of them, it's Tyler Strafeci and Robert Streb. Robert Streb. Yeah. Shout Rob, out Edmund. Rob, hey, hey, I'll tell you what. Streb's a drawer of the ball. I mean, if, yeah. he, if, if he can get out there and get the speed of the greens right, I mean, I think he has a chance. You can get him at 900 to 1. Yeah. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. That's crazy. Finish, uh, finish your list here. Finish yeah, your list yeah, here. So, so the guys who, who Richie eliminated from the red zone play include Jason Day, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Billy Horschel, Kepka, Scotty Scheffler, Schwartzel, Adam, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, interesting. Adam Scott, Matt Wallace, close personal friend of yours, Colby. Yes, close uh, personal friend of yeah, so Matt here's, Wallace. <laughs> yeah. Here's the list of 23 guys who fit all of the criteria for this. Um, Paul Casey, Stuart Sink at 450 to 1, it says okay. on here. Corey Connors, Bryson DeChambeau, Sergio, Terrell Hatton, who I just faded, um, Victor Hovland, Sung J.M., Dustin Johnson, Siwoo Kim, Mark Leishman at 100, 110 to 1. That might not be bad, but he fades it a lot. Shane Lowry had been playing well. Hideki, Rory, uh, Morikawa, who you love, Colby, Louie, who you also picked, Ryan Palmer, who's a drawer of the ball, who you who we've kind of been on the last few weeks, John Rahm, Justin Rose, uh, Spieth, JT, Bubba, and Gary Woodland, who I do not like Woodland's chances. I think he fades the ball too much again. He played well last week. He did. He might be finding some form. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was a very fascinating article. Anyone who wants to read a little bit more on it, go to golfworks.com and check it out. should just be right up there. And, you know, one thing I want to mention, too, whenever he uh, titles here the first um, – out of the first names of people who who have not been here before, he says that uh, Carlos Ortiz and Will Zalatoris, both in their first appearances, check off every other box besides that one. Really? Yes. Yeah, so That's th- crazy. So those might be two first-timers who might actually have a good chance to have some good finishes. That's absolutely crazy. So yep. that is a good segue into uh, – so you can do this deal Masters Fantasy. Everybody, you're at home, Google Masters Fantasy. You can come in, create an account on Masters.com, and you can play this, this Masters Fantasy deal. You pick a first-timer, a past champ, somebody from the U.S., and somebody from the internet 
international field, and then the tiebreaker is how many total pars will be made and, by the entire field. And it's field. free, just right there on yep. masters.com, just fantasy. Yep. And, yep. and apparently if you do high enough, you get some Masters swag yep. sent your way. Yeah, yeah so. I mean, a lot of things obviously would have to go right to beat everybody in the world at this, but it'll still be a lot of fun. So first-timers in this field, we've talked about Tyler Strafeci, Will Zalatoris, Carlos Ortiz, Robert McIntyre is a first-timer. So who are y'all running out as your first-timer? Uh, I like Carlos Ortiz. He has some good current form, played nice at the match play, even though didn't win the match play or anything. But, he, I mean, he played good recently. And, and you know, Carlos Ortiz or Will Zalatoris, I think, are going to be who most people pick for this first-timer thing. So I'm just going to go Ortiz over Zalatoris because Zalatoris isn't as good of a putter as Ortiz is. I, I worry about Zalatoris with the putter, but like Kobe has mentioned, the ball striking, especially iron play, is so key. So for yep. the for the first-timer category, I'm going with Zalatoris. Yeah, I went with Zalatoris as well. Same reason you did. Ball striking, I love. Uh, past champs, this one was actually a little tricky. Obviously, the two most heavily rostered players from the past champs category are going to be DJ and Spieth. I'm assuming we all went with either DJ or Spieth, right? I got DJ. I got DJ. I got DJ. How about that? All DJ. That means that? we just because I mean, <laughs> yeah. you because next it's going to be a US guy. So yeah. yeah, and also for anyone who isn't aware, like for example, like Spieth is put into the past champions group, but if you don't want to pick him in that group, you can pick him in the US in the right. US, or same goes for any of the international champions yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Exactly. So uh, United States player. This got a little more variance here. Speed. Speed. I went with speed too. I went with Justin Thomas. Okay. I went with Justin Thomas. I think he's going to win yeah. the tournament this week. Yep. So I'm, I'm rostering him. That went just him. like our one and dones. Yeah, <laughs> it did. It did. It did. Yeah. I'm rostering him just about everywhere. Internationally, I went with a guy that we haven't picked in any other pool this week just to mix it up. Give me Matthew Fitzpatrick in the free pool. Oh, skill. Skill based. Skill based. Yeah. Skill based yeah. most, competition this most, week. Folks. Most skilled player in the world. <laughs> um, my next guy, international, we talked about him. I. I Maybe DraftKings is on to something and he plays horrible. I have no idea. But 7,700, Paul Casey, I mean, I, he should be closer to 9,000 than he should be 8,000. Yeah. I've got Casey everywhere else. So I was just wow. like, ah, it's free. I'll throw somebody right. else out. Well, Sam? I, I'm going to win all the Masters gear in the world here. I'm going to take Ron. Oh, okay. Yeah. John Ron. Yeah. Yeah. I got, that is weird that none one of us. Well, first of all, we all went with a different international. I think that's funny. But, yeah, the number – was he three, third player in the world <laughs> yeah, now? And we, three, and we yeah. didn't run him out? I mean, I, don't, I just feel really good about Paul Casey. I don't know why. I, okay. I just – I don't know, man. I just feel like you have a baby, and then two days later you have to leave it at home. It's just and, – and maybe John Rahm is strong enough mentally that he can just totally detach himself from that for six hours a day while he goes out and does his master's prep and then plays his round. I just I don't think I'd be able to. It's a lot. Well, I wouldn't have picked Rom in anything if it hadn't have already happened. Right. Now then you risk the withdrawal. I'm I'm banking on him being like, oh, you know, it's off my mind now, and everything went well. It'll the baby's be a healthy, for him. and he'll be able to go out there and just play some golf. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not like the baby just happened last week or this oh, no, past not, week. I'm like she's been pick. pregnant, and and it's probably now it's like almost a relief that it's happening, and he's not. You know, at home dealing with all like the brand new baby stuff, you know. Or he's he not just... practicing anticipating a phone call after every shot. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, um, but, you know, and also, too, I don't, neither one of us know this because we don't have kids, but do you think having the child will maybe limit some of Rom's temper tantrums a little bit? Maybe put things into perspective a little better? Um, I Hopefully. Mean, it, could, it could be that. It could be the opposite. He might be sleep deprived and, 
You know? Could be even worse. I mean, yeah. obviously, the baby, I'm sure the baby and Kelly are not in Augusta. So, John yeah. Rahm obviously is going to get a good night's sleep. But I don't know. I, by the way, it's not that I dislike the pick. I just don't have the stones to pick the new dad. I just yeah. I just don't. So, it didn't go well for Rory after he did it. Uh, I thought maybe it would. And then Rory kind of went into a slump after he had his baby. So, yeah. you just, you never know. Each guy's different. I think it's so soon after, though, that he hadn't really felt the effects of being right. the new dad. Yeah, yet. it's just it's probably been a whirlwind for him. Like, oh my gosh, the baby was born. This is awesome. I get to hold her and, for a day. I'm going to and Augusta. Of all I places, play golf. My point is, he's not going to look at Augusta, even though he hadn't won a major yet, he might not look at Augusta as such a big deal. You know what I mean? Like Everything uh, seems smaller, I'm sure, once well, you have a kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, when, when you go to Augusta National, it's so intimidating and everything. And he's like, you know what? Like, there's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it, it's a lot easier to miss a five-footer when you have a great home to go exactly. home to as yeah. opposed to if you don't have anything, you know, when you yeah. have everything riding on the line on that putt, which yeah, now he does not. So. Absolutely. All right, before we wrap up, uh, is anybody giving out a winner that's different from the one-and-done pick? My winner this week is Justin Thomas, and I've got him the one and done. Oh, man, I, this it's like we said, like even Huntman said, every single one of these guys has some sort of asterisk by them. And I, if I had to bet on someone, I'd probably bet on Thomas. But man, it's it's. I, I think one of these big guys will get it done. I just I just have no idea which one. It's going to be whoever can really make the most eight to twenty footers this week, and who can avoid like like you said earlier, Sam. Like if Spieth can avoid the doubles. He might be getting the jacket on 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 Sunday, you know. So yeah. I mean, and the quads on Sunday, and the quads. Yes, the try, seven. try not to make any quads on Sunday yeah. on the back nine. Yeah. So I would say Spieth, or I, I like JT as well. I mean, like I said, I think I I think very underrated is the Tiger effect of him not playing. I think he's getting advice from Tiger, and I think that'll help. Yeah, yeah. I think that Deshambo might have a good week oh. as well, and I and I'm trying to not uh, kind of talking myself into it. But I, I'm gonna stick with Rom. I think that Rom is gonna win this week. New baby, Rom is gonna get the get the W. And I was gonna pick Speed, but now that he had the baby, everything's done. Rom's the best player in the world right now. I'm picking John Rom. You think uh, they'd have to go get a little extra fabric if Bryson wins? Tailor that jacket, fit around those big broad shoulders. <laughs> By the yeah. way, Bryson hitting bombs yesterday while VJ stands behind him and laughs. That's been the best moment of the practice tee so far. And VJ, by the way, quoted the video and said, uh, I told him he wasn't swinging fast enough. So, <laughs> Pick it up. Yes, Pick absolutely. it up, you wussy. VJ's oh. face while it was happening, too. He's just sitting there like, what are you doing? Well, you I, mean, I remember when we were kids, I mean, we would watch VJ, and VJ hit it a mile. And VJ just swung, swung so smooth. I mean, that's like everybody but Tiger, VJ, Ernie, all these other long hitters, they were just so smooth. And Bryson is out here like like he's a drill, and, and his body is the nail, and he's trying to screw himself into the earth. He's spinning so fast. It's like, I swear he's trying to hit the ball from Augusta National into the Atlantic Ocean over the back of that range, and VJ's just standing there laughing. I thought it was a cool moment. Well, I think it's I think it's cool to see, too, is that, you know, we talk about VJ in the weight room. He was kind of there with Tiger, but he was just one of the hardest practicers ever. I mean, yeah. you, you, you've probably seen a lot of times, Sam, him hitting range balls. He'll have sticks in the ground. He'll have water bottles by his ball, so he avoids him. He'll have gloves underneath his arms everywhere. I mean, yeah. he, he's tinkering with everything. And so I think it's interesting to see almost the two hardest workers of their generation, when you think about it, kind of being there to and, observe each other. Yeah. And one more thing I'm excited about to see with Bryson this week is it's not going to play super soft like it was in November. Yeah. Bryson's going to hit it in some ridiculous places. Well, here's what Bryson has to do different than what he did in November. It's, it's his approach game, his distance control it was in, horrible. in November. 
Dude, it was so bad. He won the U.S. Open, and then he went to the lab, and he started tinkering with everything, and yep. he showed up with all new equipment at Augusta, and his distance control was the worst I've ever seen yep. out of Bryson. He was airmailing it over the greens, and then he'd try to club down. He'd come up short. It was just – it was a disaster from a club selection standpoint and a distance control standpoint. If he controls his distance, he'll have a shot. You know, and one thing I think, too, like I've, like we've mentioned that goes under the radar – He's a top 15 putter in the world now. I yeah. mean, so is is he going to be able to keep that putting up on these really fast greens? And, you know, one thing I was reading up on is that Augusta has never had someone come in and do the the survey of the greens, of the, of the you know, like the, what are they called, the books? The greens books. The, the Stryka green, book. Stryka book. Yeah, Stryka, Stryka book, yeah. Haven't had anyone ever come in and get the exact number, so DeChambeau can't sit there and say, oh, this is 3.4 slope or whatever. I mean, I'm so sure much he's more. made himself a makeshift one, but it's not the same as having the scientists and, come in and tell you down to the tenth of a percent what that slope is. Exactly. So is that, yeah. will he be able to keep up that putting with the faster greens and, like you said, Sam, with it being firmer? Hasn't had a top 20 here. It, it's gonna, But at the same time, we have to ask ourselves, DeChambeau's got to win a green jacket at some point in his career. So it's just, yeah. when is it going to happen? And it could be this week. I Does mean, like he this, know? I mean, there's a lot of guys who don't. I mean, Greg we, Norman, Rory. It, Rory well, Greg, Norman Norman did, Greg Norman didn't win a lot of majors. I mean, 10 years ago, we, yeah. just, said, we just said, oh, Rory has to win a green jacket in his career. I, maybe he still will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. A lot of guys don't. The guy that I wish would have won a green jacket is definitely Ernie. Uh, he deserved Ernie. One, yeah. Ernie deserved one. I I would have. I mean, I'd like for Norman to have one. Norman was so good and couldn't get one. Six shot lead, ninety six, and blows. Yeah, it. I mean that's tough. Yeah. Um, who else? Ernie's a good one. Yeah. Ernie's a really good one. Ernie's really likable. Yeah, you just think about it and you say, well, so, you know. Like you say, like DeChambeau's already won the U.S. Open, so you think, oh, well, he'll win some more majors. And like you said, Colby, I mean, he he could win eight majors but not win the Masters. Right. You know, they're, they're, it may just be a course that never suits him. Or, right? or, or he could have the career grand slam by 2023. Yeah. We yeah. Never know. I mean, that's yeah. golf. Yeah. That's golf. Uh, fellas, did we miss anything? I think we pretty much got the Masters covered. All I know is that this is the best week of the year, boys. I am so excited, and um, I just – I can't wait to see what happens. I know that – and everyone who's watching, just make sure I want to emphasize this. Don't get ahead of yourself. This tournament does not start until the back nine on Sunday. So yeah. don't think someone has it sewn up. Spieth had a five-shot lead going into the back nine in 2016 when he lost to Danny Willett. Ended up losing by like four shots. The only thing yeah. I will say is Thursday, you can't win it on Thursday, but you can shoot yourself out of it. Only twice in the history of the Masters has the champion come from at least seven shots back after Thursday. That's one what of those Bryson did last year. One of those was Tiger in 05, and one of those was... Man, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head, but it's only been done twice. And yeah, Bryson shot himself out on yeah. Thursday. Uh, when what was the Rory shot like seventy five in the first round and still well, ended up coming back last year? Was it last that year? That was the in November. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so, done yeah. it. He's done it a couple of times. Actually, so, yeah. he's backdoored a lot of top tens. So. Can't, can't yeah. win it on Thursday, but you can lose it on Thursday. So such a great tournament. From the time we finished recording this podcast to the time the first tee shots hit, it's about forty hours. So if we can kill 16 of those with sleep, we've only actually got 24 day hours to kill, yep. gentlemen, until we're watching the Masters. And we're going to be back on uh, Friday That's or Saturday morning. Friday yep. night or Saturday morning, boys. Yep. One, one day later this week, we're going to come back. We're going to do a mid-tournament uh, mid tournament hit, give you all the updates, and then maybe see if we need to revise any of our picks going into the weekend, get any Sunday bets going uh, yep. for the Masters yep. Yeah, weekend, yeah. I, so. I say this tournament doesn't start till Sunday afternoon, but if we got guys who don't get that top 50 in ties and they're back, at home yep. on, on the weekend, then their tournament technically never started. Yeah. So. Right. But live betting, be careful. A lot of people found that out last night with Gonzaga. You don't want to live bet too much because they might end up losing by 16. When you say a lot of people, are you talking about yourself? I'm not. No, okay, it very me. nice. It wasn't very me. Nice. I, I, I love the you. Zags. That's why I don't gamble because I would have bet. <laughs> I would have loaded up on it. Oh, dude, I loved Baylor and I did load up on Baylor, so... 
Cheers to me. Uh, <laughs> cheers to me. Cheers to Masters Week. Masters Week's green. Baylor's green. It all comes full circle. Uh, everyone, golfoklahoma.org. Right now, today, subscribe. You'll get the newsletter. You'll get links to this podcast. You will not be disappointed. Golfoklahoma.org. Uh, we are so proud to be partnered with them, and we are so glad that it is Masters Week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Wherever you're listening, go ahead and subscribe and rate this podcast. Give us five stars because it's Masters Week, and you are in a good mood. Uh, thanks for listening. Once again, we'll be back later in the week with more here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Oklahoma.